the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show for a Tuesday. Power panel is here in the studio today. Raise your hand when I call your name. Uh, Elizabeth is here. (laughs) R.D. is here. And uh, Paul is here. here. And I'm cooperating. That's that's just for everybody who's watching on Facebook Live right now, so you know who is who. Although, are you identifying as Elizabeth today? (laughs) No, I guess I feel more like... Okay, I have a story about that today. I'm going to bring it up to you guys a little later about in Connecticut. It's just disgusting. And it's not fair. And I I never like to use that that terminology, it's not fair. But this is really not fair, okay, just to be honest with you. Uh, With my three uh, power panel members today, we're going to start off on... The story that is the story for the last week in the newspaper in the dim gas, uh, and it just continues to give a big story today uh, in the paper in that several different senators asked for Jeremy Hutchinson to step down as as senator. Now I want to take I want to take this on first, uh, and then move on to talking about corruption in general. And I'll see how you guys feel about this. Personally, if somebody's not been indicted, somebody's not been charged, you know, uh, everybody might say, well, I think that they did something wrong. But there's no proof that they did anything wrong. I think they should hold on to their seat. I don't think anybody has to leave their seat until... They have been indicted. Right, simple allegations are not. Well, if if that's what it's going to be, here's my 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 analogy for this. Then let's call it hashtag Me Too too. Thank you. That's <laughs> right. the whole idea. Because I mean, right. with, simple allegations, simple simple accusations shouldn't be enough. Yeah, it's hashtag Me Too two point How's that? <laughs> okay. That, that's the way it works for me. You can't if you start trying to get rid of people just because serious allegations are brought forward. I mean, what's it going to take for the next step? Hey, I don't like you, R.D. I think you need to resign. I mean, come on. It's crazy. Or who can uh, – the bottom line is anybody can trump up anything. That's, right. the, that's it. Not against yeah. the president. I'm not, I'm not mentioning the president here, all right? I'm using Trump in a different well, – It's a verb. Way. Yeah. Well, it used to be before social, social media and, and before all the fake news and everything else, people used to be – Innocent until proven guilty. It's called due process. Yeah, except there used to be a due for process. The, except for with the IRS, you're guilty. Uh, yeah, unless <laughs> so. But now all the liberals, as we know it, they like to crucify people and, and bring allegations against people, especially. So I think we need to set a good example and say, you know, a person is still in America innocent until they're proven guilty it's called the rule of law that's the way the jurisprudence i mean that's where that's the way it works that's where we came from and we want to stick to it yeah i mean it's a slippery slope if you start with that other i want it 
I'll be honest. Somebody could say something about me, and everybody says, well, he shouldn't be on the radio anymore. And start putting pressure on, you know, Salem or whatever. Because somebody says something. Yeah, because somebody said, I did something, and probably it, I did, but who knows? <laughs> and this all makes right? me think of Judge Goodson in her divorce situation where the ex says, oh, you've taken all this money from, from you know, different uh, donors and blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, it ends up on a mailer, and we're all in court because – in this particular case, it started in the divorce court. Of course, that's clearly he doesn't like her. Right. Really? <laughs> Apparently not. Mm. I thought he divorced her because he loved her. I like Me Too 2.0. I knew though. somebody didn't <laughs> like her. I didn't know who it was, but I knew somebody, <laughs> well, somebody sure don't that's, like her. Somebody that's, what Dave, that's what David Sterling says. I mean, I'm not doing anything to promote this or to... Or to stop it because I can't. Oh, but, but you're bottom, guilty because it yeah, helps you out. Yeah, I mean, come bottom on. Line, <laughs> bottom line, somebody doesn't like her. There's no doubt that. about it. Mean, when yeah. I did say that the other day, they've really, whoever it is, is very upset with but her. You know, this the, has been going on for a while. Now, the rest of that story, as far as due process, the judge ordering that information to quit going out you know that was not due process no. for the judge to stop those mailers from going out and stop the news media for media from reporting on it oh no that is not due process yeah i'm not i'm not trying to hijack this conversation right, exactly, off to that but but i just have to hit on it since you went there i've got oh. to say that did not go the way it should have went yeah well, and mr steinbach made a very clear point about that one afternoon and explained exactly why that was incorrect right yeah. So you can you go back and find that to, on Facebook. Still get to air the commercials, all right? You yeah. shouldn't have been able to be told that you yeah. can't air them. And, and if there if there was if there was actual good evidence, I think Steinbach was talking about this. If there's actually actual good evidence that this that these um, commercials really should have been stopped because they're false information, whatever else, then then that would have been a, a plausible reason to put a stop to them. And I'm not hearing her raising any indication she intends to sue. These people who have made these allegations in a civil case, yeah, yeah. not now. Yeah, well, she got it's over. Well, no, it's well, not over. It's, no, it's not. not. Over no, yet. there's still a lawsuit because in play. Because Sterling and her, neither one got fifty plus one. And right, they're so still that, in the election oh, okay. cycle. The election's still going. So. But now the reason oh, right. this refers back to this other topic is we were talking about Arkansas legislature corruption, yeah. and we kind of now have bled over into judicial alleged corruption, judicial perhaps, corruption. And right. then we also client. have the marijuana commission and the bribes and the I didn't report them, but I didn't take the money. Hmm. Golly, it's kind of smelly up here in Little Rock. Well, here's the hey, problem: it's been smelly lots for a long time. and lots of green dollar bills are mm-hmm. at stake in medicated expansion in the marijuana in the marijuana thing for sure <laughs> that's going on and you know having a supreme court justice that you think will vote a certain way there's no doubt right. well because we, because we have an oligarchy right now we have was it is it is it seven or nine in arkansas the arkansas supreme court it's seven. Seven, seven. I so, think. So, so we end up we, with a, uh, the state government being made up of the, of the Supreme Court on some level that basically can say what the law is, even re, even if the law doesn't say it. And so we end up with an oligarchy <coughs> that is somewhat out of control, and we can't control them with um, the legislature or, or anybody else on, uh, in many respects. Well, we'll get into this. So now right? we get because over to issue bring, number one. I want to bring up the. <laughs> yes. I want to bring Judge Griffin up. Okay. Today we'll get into that discussion yes. here a little bit later here in the show. There's there's some big issues mm-hmm. going on in the state right now. Mm, yeah. I mean, the big issues going on in the state right now, and this whole corruption thing 
has got me ticked off because my look at, at corruption is this. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. Elizabeth and I uh, were talking about it, and I said, it, nothing surprises me that men do or women, all right, that are elected officials or are appointed officials because if you have a Judeo-Christian viewpoint of the world, man is fallen. <laughs> you know, a lot of other big religions like Buddhism and stuff believe that man is at the heart good. Christianity believes that at the heart man is bad. All men say. Yeah. I mean, it's corrupt. He's it's corrupt. automatically going to happen, in other yeah. words. Yeah. So if every man has feet of clay then we should not be surprised that when people are enticed with enormous amounts of money, and depending on what your definition is of, of enormous, enormous amount of money, some more than others. 20000 Yeah, or half a million dollars yeah. in one case. The bottom line is that, uh, or several million dollars in the case of, uh, of a lobbyist, the, the bottom line is these guys found what... Uh, they were willing to let themselves be bought off for the price. Yeah. You know, Dave, you said you were disappointed. And I'm I'm disappointed that it happens. But you know, I owe our audience not surprised. Yeah, I owe our audience an apology. I've said on this show before that I've been involved in several things and I thought there was no justice left in the justice system, that everything was political. Well, I've been up there whenever we've worked on bills, and I've worked on bills whenever lobbyists got out their checkbooks, and I've seen the corruption at work at the Capitol firsthand. I've had it work against me on something that was good for small businesses. So I already knew the corruption was there. I've seen the channels of flow, how it went and who it goes to, and uh, I'm pleasantly surprised about this deal. Not that it happened or that it's going but on. They're getting people, but they are getting the pe- people that are doing something that I already know knew was going on. So I am happily surprised that there are some justice left. Whenever something happens, I even talk to the the legislators, and they say. Well, we don't know if there's a line to cross or not. People cross the line so many times <laughs> before you don't even know if there's a, pat, a point of no return or not because you see it so much. But I'm glad to know there is a line that if you cross that there is still repercussions yeah, because, people. I mean, I think it's safe to say that we all here knew that it was going on. Let me, let me read a, a statement from Cranford, all right? He's quoted in this. It's part of the emails and texts that they got that he was sending to other people. And this is back in 2012, all right? Everybody wants – there's some people that are trying to lay all of this at uh, Ace's feet. This is not to be laid just at Ace's feet. This has been going on for decades, all right? And ever so often here – it's kind of cyclical – ever so often – we send people to prison because of it. Who was it? Wilson that went. Mm-hmm. He was the attorney general. Is that what? I'm, I'm, see, I wasn't here when that I happened. Remember his name, but I don't remember the yeah. title. So anyway, here's what he was saying in 2012. He sent a, this was for a fundraiser uh, that he was doing. He was complaining in an email contained in the plea documents about the expense of fundraisers conducted for <laughs> Arkansas's elected officials. Think about that for 
first, okay? <laughs> Quote, welcome to campaign season in 2012. The year of the greed is oh. what it's called. Cranford said in an email to the same executive as he made uh, to everybody about uh, Santa Claus is coming. That was a Santa exchange that he had. Quote, we documented the big, big check so you would know who these people are. Right now it's $7,000 for one week in state elected officials' campaign-related contributions. See, $7,000 was called big, big money. Well, let me tell you what. There was some big, big money. Cranford's plea agreement acknowledged that he was legally liable to forfeit Three point seven million dollars. Is that all? He pleaded guilty to the bribery count in federal court in the Western District of uh, Missouri, where preferred family is headquartered. Uh, the plea agreement drops all other charges. He was never charged in the federal investigation in Arkansas in which Woods was convicted. Cranford faces up to ten years in prison and another three years of supervised release. Hmm. So now we're talking. As far as I'm concerned, big money, three point seven million dollars. Uh, so, but seven thousand dollars. Now, to well, to some people that may be a whole lot, but the bottom line is that's what was going. Uh, what's going well, on? The thing is though, that if, you, if you'll accept a seven thousand dollar bribe, that makes you untrustworthy. Well, yeah. That's only what we know about. Absolutely, right? You you've seen in, in the legislation, you know. There's workarounds. They figure out workarounds. These people, a lot of these legislators and, and a lot of these politicians are professional politicians. This is what they do for a living. They know the law. And uh, uh, Linda Collins Smith had a bill that, that other people were supporting to bring shine light on some of these consulting firms and these attorneys charging exorbitant fees for people to come into the state. Some of the legislatures happen to be attorneys. Attorneys can have a client, and you can charge that client whatever you want. in Political consulting fees during the legislature. Exactly, and then that is private to where you can't can't FOIA that because Mm -hmm. uh, it's a client. You know, and you can't disclose Client, that information. Attorney privilege, right? Exactly. So the ones that don't happen to be attorneys in the state of Arkansas, they open consulting firms. <laughs> so these companies come in and they need to get something done. So what do they do? They hire them a consultant. Guess what? The consultant might happen to just be a legislator. The consultant might be a senator. Okay, so we're going to hire a consulting firm that's a senator to get my job done, and guess what? You can't FOIA that either. Mm-hmm. So Linda Collins-Smith had a good bill to shine a light on this problem, and it did not get support at the Capitol. Okay, okay, I'll stop just one second, uh, Paul. Let me ask Elizabeth, were you able to look up those two bills? I just sent you a text. Okay, well, I, let me. It's not what we thought. <laughs> I'm looking at my. It's not what we thought. Okay, looking at my phone, okay. All right, so Mr. Mr. Hutchinson fought them strenuously on the Senate floor. Okay, so not in the not in the committee. Well, they were in different committees. Oh. Here's what we're doing: we're looking. Here's one way that this plays. You get hired to do something, and you get a you get paid more than typically somebody would get paid. Let's say you're an attorney, and they put you on retainer mm-hmm. for a company. That's owned by the lobbyist 
uh, that's been working, they're talking to you. And so they tell you, we'll give you, let's say $10,000 a month retaining fee. Typically, a couple thousand dollars would have done it, maybe just a thousand dollars, but you get $10,000. And then when it comes up that uh, they need something, the lobbyist says to you, hey, uh, we need you to uh, help us fashion some legislation that will do XYZ. And the XYZ is that it will take and give money to the business that you're retained as a lawyer for that's owned by the lobbyist that's working with you who retained you as, as the attorney so that he knows that you're on a very important committee and so he can get you to get in and ramrod or kill legislation that would either help or hurt their business. Mm-hmm. So quid pro quo. Yeah, good dis- oh, good, absolutely. Very good description. I've watched it work. Very good description. Right. And so, you know, uh, what, what if we had a, a little better way of dealing with politicians and these elected lawmakers? What if we required them to submit all of their communications? What if they were, what if all of their communications were foible? It's interesting. That relates back to that question. And, of course, we're familiar in Faulkner County. Our quorum court members are <laughs> prevented right. from discussing anything outside of a meeting. Right. And but yet if, the legislature talk can talk about anything anywhere at any time, and we don't any of us know what's going on. Right. right. So, 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 so quorum court members, if they want to talk about their grandkids with other quorum court members, <laughs> that's fine. They can do that in private. On a tarmac in a plane. <laughs> but, 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 if they want, but if they want to get together and talk about something that's the business of the court, they have to do it. By, with public notice, I'm about ready to re- you know, get those rules sunshine. passed for the legislature. Sunshine, right. you know, I in think a committee that would be awesome. or in a, in I think a session. That would be awesome you know. for the legislature. I think that would be a, a good idea. It would sure hamstring them. It would just make them um, be more transparent. Yeah, if you or look better at, at hiding bills. things. Oh, yeah, maybe. If you look at these bills that were being presented, it, it was showing that that. Their personal business is foyable to where the consulting and, and all their attorney fees to make sure everything's on the up and up. I, I, I well, think and this it is, would be reasonable to, to make so their personal business There were some good bills came up, and apparently you guys have already been looking into some of them. But there were some good bills at, at the uh, last session, and, and and I'll look them up. I know Linda was running one of them, and it was going to shine light on the consulting firms and on the attorneys and put a restriction on them working with people right. that no, were I, trying to pass legislation. I, I think you're right. I think it would be a good idea to make their private business Foyable because look these are these are legislators they're they're in the business of passing law they're no longer private citizens they are public servants I think it is reasonable to make them stand up to higher scrutiny and to higher transparency and higher higher accountability because they're actually in the position to force their fellow citizens to, to do certain things okay now understand is we've got the information now here that uh, Linda Collins Smith and Brian King's bills that failed. Uh, would have been in the state agencies committee and not in the, uh, in the judicial committee. Now, but, the only reason we bring that up is because uh, Jeremy Hutchinson's attorney now has said that he is, uh, what is Senator, Senator A. A? All right, Senator A, who has not been indicted or, or anything like that. And I know I need to take a break, uh, Zach. I'm, going, I'm getting to it. But, uh, however, Jeremy specifically 
uh, combated that bill on the Senate floor. Evidently, it uh, it passed the Senate, but it was killed in committee in the House hmm. by Bob Ballinger. Boy, that's not a surprise. Hmm. All right, so that's really. uh, the other gentleman that's, that's kind of in the middle of the ecclesia and his law that's firm, sad. and you know, taking legal fees, but not knowing anything about any illegalities going on all around him. Okay, but the ba- Ballinger killed. Uh, both, uh, I guess, Linda Collins-Smith and King's Bills, did he kill both of them? Ballinger or just one? I think just the just one Brian. from what I'm hearing. All right. So I'm not sure about why, as we would say, LCSs didn't uh, didn't make it. Can I bring up one point about that? Or Quickly. will we bring it when we come back? Oh, we'll bring it when we come back. Work. Quick break here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Back. All right. Shut up. Back with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show Power panel is here. Uh, Elizabeth is here. R.D. is here. Paul is here. And uh, we're, we're trying to do a, a little bit today about about this whole thing of the corruption that's going on. We might have something big to tell you tomorrow about on Thursday. I'll let you know as soon as I, I, I get uh, either the ixnay or the, yeah, we're going to make that happen thing uh, come up if it if it happens you'll definitely want to be tuning in thursday you want to tune in anyway but <laughs> i'll just give you a really big reason uh to tune in as, as well we got to get a break in here because we got the news when we come back rd was making a point i had to cut him off although he cut himself off he did really good on that this time but we'll be back here's the news all right back with you dave ellswick show uh first hour of the show today we've been talking about uh state corruption and uh, again i go back and say this has been going on since the beginning of government forming uh whenever there's money involved in anything especially if there's copious amounts of money uh then some people have other people approach them and their price is found and they're willing to sell their vote or they're willing to help uh, move legislation through that will help people and things of that nature. And evidently, we've got this problem here in the state of Arkansas right now, and it needs to be stopped. And to make it stop, it's going to take all of you who are listening today and more. You've got to share your thoughts and you've got to share uh what you think is going uh, on and we do know that there's been people that are making deals so that they're making money you know that it's like half a million dollars here you got a a lobbyist that is going to have to give up 3.7 million dollars because he was using legislature uh, legislators uh to pass legislation and he was giving them perks and, and jobs and things of that nature to get that legislation passed that would benefit his uh, his business. That was uh, Preferred Health Care, I think, is the name of the, the company that Cranford was involved in that this, this was happening for. Now, is this is the only business that this was happening with? That, oh, no. That, see, that, Do that's, you think? That's the big question that's out there. Well, we don't have any any anything 
there to hang our hat on to say on anything else and will not unless the FBI comes out with more that's out there or somebody gets a dose of conscience uh, in the House or the Senate who knows some of the things that are going on and sits down and starts cluing people in so they can start looking in other places uh, for other problems. Bottom line is uh, what we have here is you got billions of dollars that are coming in because of Medicaid expansion. Mm-hmm. Hospitals know there's money to be had here. Hospitals, excuse, bless excuse you. <laughs> Hospitals have lobbyists. Lobbyists want to get the best results they can for their clients, <laughs> and if that means slipping money to certain people to make sure certain legislation gets passed, uh, they're not. I would say above that, they're not below that. Let's just put it that way. They're willing to go as low as they have to go to make the money and to make the money for their for their clients. And with all that money available out there, it's the legislators who are being approached by these people. So we've got to figure out a way to seal that off. Well, go ahead, Artie. You, 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 I, I cut you off earlier. You get the first shot, and then... Paul, you get the next shot. All right, I'm just going to bring this to everybody's attention. The two people that were trying to pass the bills specifically to stop the corruption that is now coming out that everyone up there already knew about or anybody that's been involved in anything at the Capitol already knew about, from the governor all the way down, everybody knows this has been going on, happens to be Brian King and Linda Collins-Smith. Okay, they seem to have had opponents in the last session, Brian King and Linda Collins Smith, and the governor and Jerry, Jeremy Hutchinson and all the establishment specifically put out flyers of support for these people's opponents to make sure that they get defeated or to do their best to get defeat them because Brian King and Linda Collins Smith don't play the game. And they've run legislation to try to stop the game as far as the way politics has played Little Rock. So the two people that were trying to pass that bill will not be coming back in the next session because they had (laughs) opponents that support the governor and the establishment's agenda in Little Rock, and they got specifically involved in a primary election and the governor's been known to get very involved in primary elections and make sure that he gets people in places that play ball and work with his agenda and don't try to cause any trouble or pass any bills that's going to shine any lights in what's going on. So uh, it just happens to be a coincidence, I guess. I guess. I don't know. So my thoughts are that one of the best ways to make this stuff stop is to hit them hard and hit them fast. When you find corruption – you don't play around with it. I, I think it's. A, I think bribery is one of the most serious things you can have in a government system, and I, I personally think it ought to be. The, the the punishment should be swift and very severe. I think it should be something that leaves people 
with her head spinning. I was going to well, say, you said earlier shooting, um, sorry, a firing range. Yeah, firing squad. <laughs> that would firing be squad. the Old Testament approach, Paul. Well, well yeah. no, I, I don't think I actually mentioned firing squad, but I wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> he just wants to cane I knew that. How did I know he no, did? No, 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 no. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's, <laughs> here's we've, we've got, we have ways of punishing these folks by federal law. All right. And Woods and a lot of them are going to find that out. They can get up to 10 years. I want to see all of them get the maximum. And uh, they can be locked up for a long time. And that, and when you talk federal prison, you talk, you serve every day. No parole, no good It's time. no good behavior stuff uh, with feds. It's you go into jail for 10 years, you stay there uh, for 10 years. Ask Judge Maggio. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's in Kentucky, going to be there for a while yet. And But I'm still waiting for the person who gave him the bribe to get their day in court and end up in jail as well. We're told that's not going to happen. No. That's what the hey, rumor is. Yeah, well, we'll have to find out why. Not going to happen. You know why I bring that up all the time. You remember the judge? It's Judge Maggio and Conway? Yeah, well, that's what we were, that's talking, what we're about. talking about. Oh, that's yep. what we're talking about? Yeah. It seems to be the person that was giving out the money uh, gave out more money than... Uh, than one donation because somebody's protecting him. Because I'm going to tell you what, if that's the case, if the guy that gave the uh, the bribe doesn't go to jail, then Cranford shouldn't be held responsible for any of this. That's it all exactly depends on right. what proof could be proven by the prosecutors. Well, that, that, that's I mean, pretty it really easy does. to find. Well, that, maybe the deals I mean, they make. I they think that's – yeah, who did they – what I'm did they you. get from the person who gave the bribe? That's the key. Who well, did you bribe? Well – I bribe such and such a person. Well, because you told us that, or I'll tell you that if you guarantee that I don't get caught up in this, which is kind of yeah. a messed up system too. But I don't know how to deal with it otherwise. But it's 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 this this plea deal making stuff ends up being a problem. I think. Yeah, but that's the case that that really helped me to decide that there was no justice left in a justice system, besides other things that I knew that was going on. But uh, apparently, I was wrong and. And I'm glad some of this is coming to light. Okay, so we have punishment, okay? Uh, if if it's proven in a court of law, these guys can get punished. My part of what I want to see happen with the state legislature is I want them to pass uh, laws on themselves saying that if we're caught taking bribes, and it's proven that we're stripped of any of the officer, any office that we've we we hold. We give up our retirement benefits. You lose everything, and you leave you leave with disrespect. You know, if I can march them out of the front doors of the Capitol and have people line the steps and throw rotten, you know, rotten vegetables tomatoes. at you and stuff, <laughs> you, I'd allow them to do it. I'm just saying. Well, these are the same. You, you, you have destroyed not only the public's trust in you, but in our whole form of government. That's the sad part of this. Mm-hmm. And they all, it all looks bad yes. and suspicious at this point. And I would Everything. think that the guys who are, are the good guys, because there's good guys and good women over there in the hey, Capitol. Hey, good guys, have, we need you to step now up. Now is the time for you to step up and start bringing this stuff out and saying we need to do this and this and this. I think I got one of those good guys coming on on Thursday at 4 o'clock uh, in uh, you know, State Representative Kim Hammer. 
he's going to join us, and we're going to talk to him. He had evidently, uh, I was talking to Robert Steinbach, he had a piece of legislation that didn't get anywhere in the uh, last legislative general session as well dealing with this stuff. Corruption. I'm trying to get Alan Clark to come on, another gentleman that I do believe is is honest. And uh, he, he, and, he and somebody <laughs> he and somebody else is, well, I'm talking about guys working legislation. Oh, I know, I know. That are dealing with contractual things right. that, that need to I be agree. looked at. I so, agree with you. So that's, uh, and I'm sure there's others. You know, I mean, we'll we'll get others on uh, with us to talk about all of this. But right now, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'll tell you, we'll talk about this more. Phone lines open, by the way, 823-0965, 823-0965, if you want to get involved in this conversation. Uh, if you're thinking about claiming your Social Security benefits, stop. Take a deep breath. Think for a moment. Because you could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that could cost you tens of thousands of dollars. And the decision could trigger an avalanche of taxes and double your Medicare premiums. You could avoid this by attending an educational Maximizing Social Security class Friday, July the 13th, hosted by David Lucas of the David Lucas Show that you hear right here at 101.1. The answer every Saturday, 10 o'clock. Workshop makes uh, claiming your benefits simple and easy. Registration, just 18 bucks includes a 34-page workbook, maximizing your Social Security benefits. Now, the seating is very limited, so call today. The number to call, 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. Or visit him online, davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, so as you've been listening today, uh, I want you to know that this will uh, be no uh, small deal to stop. It, w- it will be tough to stop, but I believe it can be stopped. And again, after uh, talking yesterday as we did about this, uh, I'm hoping that you uh, who are listening today will uh, you know, make this you know, a number one issue of your own. Now, to make it work, we have to do a lot of it. You know, I'm going to talk about it on the radio, but I only reach X amount of people. You have perhaps friends that don't listen to my show. If you would just give them the information, too, you know, you can go uh, on my uh, um Facebook page, to, you know, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick show. Go and, and send them a copy of this hour that we'll post up after it's over with and let them watch the, the video that maybe you're not watching the video now, but you're listening to it on the radio. They'll hear it and can watch it at the same time. Nothing about watching it that makes it any stronger than what it is about what was going on. By the way, the state agency's chair uh, that uh, uh, wasn't able to stop Brian King or uh, Linda Collins-Smith pieces of legislation back in the General Assembly uh, was Eddie Joe Williams. That, That agency allowed that to go. It went to the floor of the Senate. It passed, uh, not without... Uh, some serious, uh, you know, uh, 
bites opposition. from you know opposition is the perfect word from uh, you know Jeremy Hutchinson and other senators, but it passed. It got over to the House. I don't know who the House chair was of uh, state agencies, and I don't know whether it got through state agencies, got to the House floor, and then was defeated on the House floor. State agencies is a Senate committee, so I don't know what happened in the House because there's not a, a committee by that name listed. Okay. So I'm- and, you know, one thing, just like I said, Eddie Joe Williams, which was over the agencies in the Senate, you know, he had a consulting firm that this bill would would have affected, and it's called uh, – the name of the consulting firm is Complete Consulting, is the oh. name of his consulting firm. So, uh, Complete Consulting. So, uh, so do we know if, if is that a political lobbying a type one. consulting firm? Absolutely. Hmm. <laughs> All right. I just yeah. talked to Kim Hammer. We were talking about that he put up a piece of legislation back in the last General Assembly as well. It was defeated. He's looking to reintroduce it. He will tell us he's looking right now. To to get us the exact House bill number of that piece of legislation. And in the next hour, if we have it by then, uh, we'll talk about that legislation. Uh, If we can find – let me see if I can get a hold of Linda Collins-Smith and have her join us by phone uh, to talk about her piece of legislation. And um, I can can text uh, uh, Brian King and see if he can give us – his uh, legislation as well. So got a lot of moving parts going on here. And and this is why I hope that you always tune into the show. Had a real nice uh, tweet that went out the other day from a state uh, senator talking about having a, uh, a discussion with URD about how people listen to the Dave Ellswick show because they know they get the facts there. And, <laughs> and you know, you've been how long have you been on my show now? About two or three years? Yeah, about two years. Two uh-huh. years. Well, and you I, know that I'm adamant about getting facts. There's no doubt. And, uh, and hearing both sides. And do, yeah, and hearing, and hearing both, both sides, sides of what's going on. That's, That's because the different. people are smart enough to figure it out for themselves yeah, they if are. we can give out good information. And so I'm, I'm trying to do that for you today. We're tracking some stuff down. There's some stuff that's out in the in the future. I haven't been given the okay that I can say anything about it as soon as I am. I'll tell you, because if they give me, they say I can't, then it means it ain't going to happen, and I don't <laughs> want to tell you what, what we were trying to plan, because I, that that causes problems, and you know, I won't do that. All right, so we got about three minutes left here. Um, Paul, your thoughts right now of what you've been hearing? Well, I, like, like you, I'm not surprised. Um, sometimes I figure we kind of have the best government money can buy. And by that, I mean it's bought and paid for government. House state agencies chaired by Bob Ballinger. Hmm. There you go. Interesting. So it was a, there is a state Bob agency. Bob Ballinger. Mm-hmm. Was, he, was he the head of the agency in the House? He was chairman. He was chairman of the agency. Hey, didn't it come back to the same two people that I was talking about before? Mm-hmm. Huh. Coincidence, mm-hmm. huh? How do yeah. I pull these things House out State of my agencies hat? is chaired mm-hmm. by uh, Bob Ballinger. That's. I know. All right, it got killed in committee. Is where it died. Where all good I'll bills see, go to die. I will. Yeah, well, I, committees are where bills go to die. Yep. If they get through committee, they have a really good shot at becoming law. But you got to get it through the committee. And right. Paul, we've talked about that a million times. Well, sure. Com- committees are an interesting place. They, it's I, I've sat I sat through a lot of Jeremy Hutchinson's committees there on the judiciary on the Senate end, and also a lot on the House end. 
and chairmen's run their committees differently. Um, Jeremy was generally pretty laid back. It was kind of uh, almost kind of silly the way some of the bills got passed through that committee, in my opinion. Um, he, he would, if there wasn't any opposition, he'd basically he would basically pass them through in many cases, even though there weren't really quite a few quite enough people to have to have who voted. It didn't seem like that to get them passed. It seems. Um, and then I, I remember in one committee, um, I think it might have been the last day of session. I think there were five or six people on the on one of the House committees. They were in their seats. It requires I think ten or eleven to have a quorum. They saw a quorum and they passed legislation out of the committee. There was With not enough. There people. were not enough people in that room, in the, in the seats to, to pass the bills out of the committee. But they decided you said they, saw, they, they saw a quorum, but. Right. You there, don't there, believe there was a quorum. There definitely was not a quorum. And since yeah. there are no recorded votes in committee, we have no way to really check the record on right. that. But Unless there are voice, uh, voice votes, correct? If they take a voice vote, do they not well, well, have take a, a, if they take they a roll call? No, it has to be a roll call, be a roll call vote for us to know that. who but said that's what. what I'm saying. Right, right, right. If right. it's a, vo- a roll call vote, they right. must but, keep a track of who said right. what. But yes. the, the, the point it there is, though. It takes two people to ask for a roll call, though. Right. You can challenge it, but someone has to back you up. Right, but but in this case, when you don't even have enough for quorum, that, that's uh, how do these people even sign off on these things and, and say that that's and think they're honest people? If they really want transparency, and that's questionable, <laughs> uh, in the House, I'll give them I'll give them credit more transparency than in the Senate. In that in the House, everything is on video, video and live stream. Oh not yeah, so not so in the, in the Senate. Senate. Question. How come, guys? Is this the reason? We'll talk more here in just a moment. All right, let's get back uh, talking about this uh, general subject of corruption here in the state. Uh, I think that we've done a pretty good job of uh, of covering the specifics of uh, the stories that right now. By the way, let me uh, congratulate the Dim Gaz on doing a good job on uh, getting us the information. Uh, of this, these stories and, and keeping it in front of the general populace, and that's a good thing. Now, as a, a reader, uh, if you read the newspaper, as we know, that's a problem anymore uh, of how many people read the newspaper, look at the newspaper, pay attention to the newspaper. Uh, is it Hussman who's the head? Yep. Yeah, I mean, he was in Jonesboro the other day trying to explain to people that when you take the paper now, they're going to give you like a, a Kindle, and you'll read it on Kindle. You won't read it uh, a newspaper because they're not going to print it and send it up to Jonesboro. They're going to quit delivering to Jonesboro. Not enough people taking the paper. And when we talked about that the other day, we decided it, how much money it can save them because they're not having to drive the trucks and deliver yeah. all the physical paper and all, all that the kind of stuff. All the people, all the I still find it hard all to believe. Gas, yeah, but what happens when you mess up your tablet? Well, or you I, drop it or you break it and you I can't guess, read the newspaper I guess they anymore. That, you know, when you look at that, you probably get a free one. And then if you break it, you got to buy another one if I'd, you want to keep reading the paper. I'd be curious to know if the Gazette is financing all of that under their own steam or if they have any partners like mm, Apple like, or somebody. Google. Or maybe, Google or, or, or maybe a federal grant. Yeah, yeah I'd be knows? interested to know just for kicks. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, let's talk to Linda Collins-Smith. Senator Linda Collins-Smith. Senator, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. By the way, thanks for the tweet 
the other day about your dis- your discussion with RD and about how my show deals in facts, and I appreciate that. You're just welcome. I just appreciate you. All right. So tell us about this piece of legislation a couple of years ago, last general uh, session, that you were able to get it to the Senate. It got killed in the House. And uh, tell us about, uh, you know, what it would have done. You know, it actually died actually in the Senate. They did not make it out of the Senate, which was very okay. disappointing. So very is it, disappointing. was it Brian King's that got through the Senate then? One of you got through the Senate, so it must have been Brian King then. I think King it then. was Brian. It was Brian's. Okay. Brian's actually did. And you're talking about ethics bills. And so you're talking about, uh, you know, trying to make sure that, uh, you know, some transparency, some some legislators are, are um, trying to, you know, make sure that we do our jobs and make sure that the the people understand that legislators, uh, you know, are forthcoming as far as I'm concerned. Um, the bill that I had, SB 726, Senator Rice, you will hear him talk a little bit about this as well. Uh, that w- The bill that I had was about making sure that legislators uh, all uh, did their jobs and that we were, you know, I, I could not believe that that attorneys, that there was a so-called loophole for an attorney or a consultant that they carved themselves out a loophole uh, uh, to uh, be able to get bills passed where they could uh, receive income. And I did not know that, and and that bothered me so bad. And uh, so the bill was to make sure that uh, all legislators presented themselves equally and that when we go to the legislature, that uh, when we present a bill that we're not receiving any income for our work. Uh, so that's what that was all about. And it that, couldn't and it couldn't uh, get it passed. passed. Couldn't okay. get it passed. Okay, now we I understand that uh, that Eddie Joe Williams was the chair of that committee. Is that correct? In the state agencies uh, committee, I did get that bill out of committee. Oh, okay. And uh, but it was met with fierce opposition. Okay. Uh, as you might imagine, by Senator Hutchins and and somewhat by Senator Garner, but uh, it failed in the Senate. So, so what, it never got what, to the House side. What specific arguments did they use against this common sense piece of legislation? I didn't think it was any good argument myself. <laughs> I didn't say it, but I thought they were good arguments. <laughs> and by the way, Linda, it's Elizabeth. Thank you. Hi, how are you? <laughs> good. Um, well, I can I can tell you that uh, trying to remember back, I, probably that they were trying to make a living and uh, using that as their uh, way to make a living. But for me, that that's not an excuse. When you run for the legislature and you take that position, you take that job, for the people, for that period of time, uh, you, in my opinion, you you take the job or you don't take the job. You know what it is when you run for office. So for me, there is no good argument. You can, uh, you know, you either recuse on a bill uh, if you're working for a client, or you don't. You know, you just don't. You just don't do. You just don't take money for. Uh, you know the job. You get what I'm saying when you present the bill. I just, I, can't, I just can't imagine that that was being done. So for me, there's not a good argument, so, and uh, that's why I presented the bill. When you 
when you have a piece of legislation that you are uh, running that, you know, for income, you understand what I'm saying. You do not take money for um, a piece of legislation to get it passed. You just don't do it. Well, you know, if a judge comes out, for instance, and says that I don't believe X, Y, and Z should happen, and then X, Y, and Z shows up in his court, he's supposed to recuse himself. It makes sense that if there's a legislator and he's he's working for a firm or for a business and a piece of legislation comes up for the firm that he's working for, he should have to recuse himself. Would you not agree with that? Well, that's... That's, that's what, what you I, were saying, wasn't it? Right. That's right. And I even said on the floor, this is fair warning. This is a... This bill is about, you know, folks, we can't be doing this. Right. And um, that's what that was about. You just got to not... You can't do this. Well, it, it just can't be done. Well, Linda... And so... Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. that's what I was saying. This just can't be done. You, you know, we're done. alert, folks. You can't be doing this. This is just wrong. And we are legislators. We should all be coming down here, and and all, we should all be representing the people. And we should be saying, this is what we are here for: is to say, here's a piece of legislation, vote it up, vote it down, with no other uh, reason to to. To be here except for uh, representing the people fairly and just for the purpose of, of being here for this reason and you know there's not it's not for a paycheck and and so when we vote for this it's got to be um with a clear mind and conscience and so um when i saw that there was more going on than that i just had to present that i had to run that bill and uh, i wanted uh, them to all see that we could fix things we could with you know we could do things right and it was a perfect opportunity to clean things up and just like senator king when he saw that and and of course in the house there were some other legislators there and i think that uh, it was uh, representative miller and i think representative hammer on the other end of that uh, and i sat there and watched even on the house end of that and i was really surprised at some of the legislators that fought against that uh, and they were even in the industry of, of, of medic, you know, health care that they fought against that. Like Representative Gray, I was surprised how hard she fought against that. Uh, I was very surprised. And it just surprises me that the people that fight against uh, doing what's right sometimes. I, and, I, uh, you know, Linda, let me ask one last question of you. Um, Brian King is going to join us at 335. I had I just gave him a text and he texted me back said he'd be happy to join us. Uh, the key is here: these people that are getting caught. Did they think that they would never get caught because our ethics laws statewide are so lax? But they forgot about what the feds could do. I really don't think that they never think they can get caught. Maybe they're just think they're lucky i don't know or maybe who they're connected to at the time or you know maybe they just hope they won't i don't know i just have no idea i just i, I have no idea i mean what it, it is doesn't it stun do, doesn't just stun you though that some people are willing i mean uh, to sell their bowl of porridge por, uh, porridge uh, just for a, <laughs> i can't say the word out <laughs> porridge yeah porridge uh 
for so cheap? I mean, these guys sell, sold their character down for some of them just a few thousand dollars. Now, some of them, you know, three million dollars. Big difference in, in amount of money, but they all sold their character for a dollar. You know, I think sometimes it's the way it's been done, and it was okay for a long period of time, so it was okay, and it was done that way, and so it's their turn, and they think it's okay, or they got <laughs> themselves in a bind, and so they were willing to do it once, or they, and it just keeps going. So I don't know, or that that's the way it's always been done, and I don't know, but it wasn't right, and someone brought it to their attention, and they argued against it. Mm. And it was okay, and they didn't mind, and I don't understand that. And I, I don't know, but someone brought it to their attention that day on the floor, and and we brought it to their attention as legislators, as colleagues. And if you listen and you respond as legislators, you should be listening to those arguments. You know, when you're debating as colleagues then you should be thinking about those things. That someone on that floor and other people are listening that day, and you should be thinking about those things. And and I can't uh, believe that it, it, it doesn't shed a light on that someone else thinks it's wrong and that you wouldn't think about that. And uh, so I, I don't know at what point they don't think that someone is, is thinking it's wrong. Obviously, in that year, I, even when I stated that Think about this, folks, um, that you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, if you keep, I mean, you can't know we've been talking about this for for a while, that we've had problems, that they need to pay attention to it. You know, pay attention. Uh, let this be your fair warning. I mean, there's time and time again, uh, you, you know, you can fix this and clean it up. But no one wanted to heed the warning. And so here we are today. And in this particular case, for this particular bill, the person that argued it the most was. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to let you go, Linda. I appreciate all the hard work you've done as a legislator. And uh, I'm going to use you as a, a person here on the Dave Ellswick show to help be looking behind the curtain. You've been there long enough. You know what goes on behind the curtain. Would you be willing to do that? You just. Come on and give me a ring anytime. All right. We appreciate you, Thank Senator you. Linda Collins-Smith, here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks, appreciate her. All right. We're going to take a quick break here. Let me remind you about PI Roofing. They're more than just a roofing company now. They also do all of that work that you need done because the water got in your house and it put a stain on your ceiling or on a, a side wall or something. Your drywall got warped up and you need to have it re, uh, replaced. We'll be able to take care of, uh, of that for you as well. Uh, exterior painting, carpentry work, insulation work, ventilation uh, work, you name it, uh, they can take care of it for you. Joel Johnson understood that was a part of the business that he wanted to get into because he knew how you know crazy it is to get a contractor that does each of those things and get them into your house and get those things fixed. So, you call them when you got a uh, got a leak in your roof, all right? And they'll get out there immediately, and they'll uh, tarp it up and stop the water, and then they'll take care of the problem you got on your roof. And then on top of that, they've got the the people that have these uh, talents and the professionalism to take care of everything that uh, has been destroyed inside your house. Uh, 501-687-6246 is their number. 
That's PI Roofing and Home Solutions, your roof leak detectives, or just visit them online at piroofing.com. All right, we're back here. No, I'm not mangling names. <laughs> yeah, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I'll, I'll find it, and then I'll get back with you on this uh, Yeah, uh, we'll look it up. piece that I'm looking at here. You know, while we're looking things up, I just want to make a quick comment. We looked so many things up because we want to get accurate and correct information per the record. I would highly recommend before you jump on Facebook and start hammering away at your keyboard warrior stuff, go look it up before you start talking. Because about three-fourths of what you see on Facebook, guess what? It's not accurate. It's just a little public service announcement there. Just be careful because the fact is that if if you're spreading information... You're potentially lying, and that's wrong. Well, I mean, just, just, again, that's, just, yeah, that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah, There's enough I mean, fake news out there already. Uh, Go look it up and make sure you well, know what you're talking about it's not, it's the not best a, you can. It's not a small thing to lie about people. I'm sorry. That's a big issue. It's a big deal. Well, it's just a big issue. <laughs> it's a big issue, too, and it's a big deal. It's not It's not a funny, petty little thing to just be spreading false rumors around. There was a, the, the reason this is on my mind, there was a post floating around this weekend, and it had to do with Obama. And his hidden agenda and secret government and so forth and so on. A nice piece that was written and what was floating around was Charles Krauthammer said all this about Obama. Hmm. Well, wrong. It wasn't Charles Krauthammer. The piece exists. It's a very nice piece. It is very factual. It was not written by Charles Krauthammer. (laughs) So I jumped on Twitter and I said to the individual, I said, hey, you know, I happen to know the author of this because I read it on the original posting, which was a gentleman by the name of Bill Wilson and something he writes called The Daily Jot, J-O-T. He's a Christian writer. Um, And I said, you know, please look this up and let's not spread fake news. So what happened next? The person blocked me. (laughs) I guess they're more interested in spreading rumors. And I don't think I was ugly in any way. I was kind of nice. And I just said, please look it up and let's not spread and uh, you might not have known but i did know and they blocked me unfortunately that sort of thing goes on if you just just being sensible and telling tell the truth and 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 giving reasonable analysis of, of what's going on you will often be met with vitriol and, and well the, um, the other interesting thing was there was probably maybe 25 other people who retweeted my correction <laughs> so I guess there's lots of people out there who really are interested in helping to spread good, correct information. There, there are but the person who sent it out didn't want to hear it. <laughs> there, there are some, but we. But to your point, though, we do have a serious problem with people just being immature. And yeah, and, exactly. Oh, and, and social media. Oh, the best. It's right. the play, easiest place to do that. <laughs> it, it is, but but it's it's one of those things that it, it's it's kind of amazing how many politicians will get on social media and put in writing their stupid commentary. They, they will they will just say things that are just terrible that would make them look like more do that things that do make them look like morons and um and and they put it in writing and they don't stop and think about what it makes them look like when they post that stuff right, right so let me go back to this uh teach for america and i uh what did we find walter e hussman jr uh donated three million dollars Teach for America. Oh, three million at the time came huh. from private donors. Uh, not, that was the he private did, not part. Not three million. It was he was one of the private 
But that was the private side of the money that was being given to this organization. Now, the person who was kind of (laughs) running this whole shooting match uh, was a guy by the name of Jarrett Henderson. Does that sound familiar? Does that name sound familiar to you? Artie, mm-hmm. does that sound familiar? Does your name sound, sound it, familiar? It does Paul? sound familiar. Think yeah, about the ballot ha- coming up in November. He happens to be the Democrat running against oh. Asa Hutchinson oh. for governor. Yeah, and he had no idea. Had no idea that Cranford was the lobbyist that and this, they were using. This would be part of why both the state GOP and the state Democrat Party are having fits right now. Hmm. Because they can't figure out how to keep all this all covered up. No, there's so much going on. There's a there's a lot happening here. So uh, we will uh, have to watch. Coming up uh, after the news, which is up next, uh, we've got Brian King, State State, uh, Senator Brian King. He's still a state senator, will be till January. So he'll be joining us and in talking to us about his piece of legislation uh, that he had that was out there to try to stop this stuff. We're looking up uh, Kim Hammers, State Representative Kim Hammers, legislation from 2017 house bill 1313 uh that we want to bring to you as well there's a lot of legislation that was out there to stop this stuff now that you know that there were individuals who were really involved in this uh, we know as you heard from linda collins smith uh state senator jeremy hutchinson was one of the most voracious uh aggressive people trying to defeat her bill mm-hmm. and did so on the floor of the senate so keep keep that in mind uh, as well so we got a lot a lot more you gotta there's dots there just connect some of them all right we'll do that we'll do more of it after the news all right so we know that uh state representative kim hammer had a piece of legislation dealing it looks like to me with conflict of interest uh, we're trying to pull the bill up now so we can read some of it to you uh, that he's looking at reintroducing in the general session next year and he'll reintroduce it as a senator or senator if he's real if he's elected he's uh, up for election he's got a democratic opponent and uh, I don't want to just say that he's going to win hands down never want to do that but he should win that. that it'd be seat. sad if he didn't. Yeah, it'd be really sad if he didn't, because uh, the lady who's running uh, against him is the one that had the, the just the wild uh, medicinal marijuana bill. She's the one that was behind it. I forget what her name is now, but she's the one. I've had her on my show a couple of times. So anyway, uh, I've been in contact with uh, State Representative Kim Hammer. And this is a piece of legislation that he wants to bring back next year. So if we can get the get the, the information up on it, uh, he sent it to me. But, you know, when I look at trying to read a text that they've sent, they've sent copies of a piece of legislation to you. And it's, it makes it difficult uh, to, to try to. To read it. Hold on, I'll give it right to you, Elizabeth. Yeah, you've got it, but I can't get my hands on it on my tablet here. I, for some I've got reason. it up here. I'm, I'm quickly looking through it. So it says, because it, the parts that are not struck through, 
uh, says that it's a conflict of interest, blah, 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 blah. Do you right. have that so, right in front yeah, of you? Yeah, so it's usually this section, a bill sponsor who has a conflict of interest means a member of the General Assembly who filed legislation for consideration by the General Assembly that may affect his or her financial interest or cause financial benefit or detriment to the member or a business in which he or she is an officer, director, stockholder, owning more than 10% of the stock of the company, owner, trustee, partner, or employee that is distinguishable from the effects of the legislation on the public generally or a broad segment of the public. Um, I'm trying to go through and see what the, what it actually, how it actually applies and what it, what it, requires the person to do it said that you should, should even have to pass you know you'd almost think that that is something that would go without saying okay so so here it says a, a bill sponsor who has a conflict of interest shall prepare and file a written statement describing the legislation at issue and stating the potential conflict of interest with the secretary of state <laughs> um and so it looks like um Looks like they kind of have to basically announce their their conflict of interest, which, well, of which, course, which, which I think is is reasonable. It it definitely is. We should all know if somebody is voting on a piece of legislation that's going to pad their pocketbook. I mean, really? Well, I think that, I think that is reasonable. So, so I'm a, I'm a landlord. Let's say if I was an elected official and I was down there a, a lawmaker, and um and I was going to push for some legislation that would help me as a landlord. It may be a good piece of legislation, but I think it would be reasonable for me to point out, you know, I'm a landlord here, and this this will benefit me, but I think it's a just bill that we need to pass I anyway. believe you should have to recuse yourself just like a judge would have to recuse himself or herself uh, because she shouldn't be ruling on the legality of anything. It, if there's a personal if conflict. There's a person, well, if you believe a, something shouldn't be or should be, I mean, and you've, and you've come out and said so. Well, I don't necessarily. Agree. I mean, that's what they do all well, the time. I know time. They, they they say that they say that all the time. That that's one of their excuses for not answering our questions, which is rather annoying. And this this legislation looks like it has to do with filing that statement that's codified well, in the legislation. So most of it has so, to do with the mechanical. So, so it sounds it that. sounds like that they're not they're not prohibited from filing legislation, but they just have to they have to file a statement regarding their conflict of interests. And it, it has some like. things like a member of a committee to which a bill is referred may object to the bill being called up for final action until the written statement is made statement. available to right. the committee. So there's some little caveats. I haven't gotten all the way through. Right. right. And so this, it sounds... Oh, class A misdemeanor if you violate if you this section. Fail there you to go. Um, to and file. other penalties. Teeth. Arkansas Teeth. Ethics Commission is authorized to investigate complaints or allegations of violations... <laughs> Purposeful violations. Hmm. Excuse me for a second. <laughs> Did you say Arkansas Ethics Commissions? This is what the legislation says. <laughs> Arkansas Ethics Commissions. The Arkansas now, you Ethics do Commission. know they're appointed by the, the legislators. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, and there is no teeth in that mm. office or, or, or no so, so you th- you're afraid that we might we might get one of those statements like oh, we've invested we've investigated ourselves and we've discovered uh, we didn't do anything wrong that's exactly what it is the <laughs> yeah. ethics committee is appointed by the governor the well, speaker of the house and, okay and let me let me read it. this is i won't say uh, who sent this to me because it's anonymous uh quote could it be that none of these legislators thought they would have gotten in trouble under state law all the problems here have come 
when the Fed started looking into things, going with what you just said, all right, need to pass strict anti-corruption state laws and create a special prosecutor to bring charges without political consideration. Ooh, that's a really good that's suggestion. That's a good suggestion, well, and that prosecutor does not need to be appointed or selected but, about the people that he will be investigating. Well, and, and in order in order to get the politicization politicization away from that special prosecutor, I think we, we need to allow individuals to bring criminal charges against government officials. Because if we simply make it, well, some government official is going to have to appoint some special prosecutor, well, there's your politicization. politicization. Well, well, there is a person in Jacksonville, Arkansas, uh, Mr. Wilson, that has brought some, uh, uh, what I say, some, well, he's brought some accusations, or I think he's even filed lawsuits about the GIF money. Hmm. Now, he's on the opposite side of the political arena mm-hmm. than is in charge right now, but uh He's exposed a lot of the corruption, a lot of things Good. going on with the GIF money, but he's had to bring lawsuits against mm-hmm. the state to get it done. Which, unfortunately, is is I think it should have been on the criminal side. Uh, yeah. Right. But, well, unfortunately, I, I we as citizens are not allowed to prosecute, and we have to rely upon government officials and, and their political agendas to, to, to actually bring criminal charges against people. the people that they appoint. <laughs> okay. Now, I will tell you, I believe that a— uh, a lawyer should be involved in this, not Sonny, Tom, Dick, or Harry. Should be able to walk off the street and start a circus of uh, trying to to bring some kind of uh, you know legal ramifications against uh, 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 the state. I mean, that's just that'd be insane. Well, and, and there needs to be accountability there, certainly. Yeah, I mean, you know what they say about. You know, if you have yourself as your client, <laughs> not a good thing. All right. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a whole lot of what we're talking about. Yeah. The people that are opposing the bills are the people that are benefiting what the bills are trying to kill. So it's the same, same sort of uh, double or conflict. Well, it's a, it's a serious conflict if somebody who doesn't know the law gets into a court of law and tries to deal with the law. It's... it's well, you're, and, you're gonna, and, and if you, if you end you're going to get overrun really fast. Well, sometimes you end up with people that are just making crazy accusations that are not true, and they end That's up exactly false. What I'm saying. And then you, I think those people should probably be punished. All right, we're going to take a break here, and uh, when we come back, uh, State Senator Brian King is waiting to talk to us. I gave him a hybrid of our number here. It was a combination of my <laughs> cell phone number and, and our number here. Uh-huh. And Brian, I, I apologize to you, all right? I don't have you I don't have you up right now, so you can't cuss me. All right. Well well I'll let you calm down and then we'll talk when we so, come so back. So now you've moved on from yeah. mangling names to mangling phone numbers. I mangled, Good. I did, I mangled the phone number. Did all right. It was it had my it had my prefix and the right <laughs> Four last four numbers. All right. If you're thinking about claiming your Social Security benefits, stop. Should I talk to my doctor about Alzheimer's next? I'm, no, it's just too many things going on. Uh, yeah, at once. there's a lot going on. <laughs> you could be on the verge of making an irreversible mistake that costs you tens of thousands of dollars, and that decision could tra- uh, trigger an avalanche of taxes, double your Medicare premiums. Avoid this by attending an educational maximizing Social Security class Friday, July the 13th. It's hosted by David Lucas from David Lucas Show here on 101.1 The Answer. 
That workshop makes claiming your benefits simple and easy. The registration's $18, includes a 34-page workbook maximizing your Social Security benefits. Seating is limited, calls 501-653-6690. That is the correct number, 501-653-6690, or visit davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, we're back. Hopefully he's cooled down. State Senator Brian (laughs) King is with us. Hey, Brian, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Dave. <laughs> Mr. Cool here. I'm, you're all cool. I gave you the wrong number. I apologize. We're going to sober well, him up hey, tomorrow. Hey, yeah. Listen, I, I've done that. I, I, You know, I've been a straight shooter. When I screw up, I just made it make mistakes. I've done that, too. Okay. I've done that probably more times than I want to admit that I've gave people <laughs> the wrong number that I should never. But here's the thing, Dave. Hand somebody the keys. <laughs> but, that's it don't but care. senator king you don't have dave's number on your speed dial right, come on yeah. well i mean i dialed it and it was like i thought is dave changed his number yeah he's got my <laughs> number from my maybe. phone he does not have the number to the studio uh, all right i thought maybe i hadn't programmed his number in and i thought well i don't know maybe he's changed it and then it's like somebody else and i'm like well wait a minute here yeah <laughs> i'm sorry it wasn't a I female dave, was I, it Hey, Dave, man, don't don't hang out in, you know, that extra hour or so drinking at lunch. Really All right. All right. Man. Hey, listen, uh, we had Linda Collins-Smith on earlier. I've been talking with Kim Hammer about some legislation. He had House Bill 1313 dealing with conflict of interest, would have made it a, 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 a Class A misdemeanor, things of that nature. And all of this stuff was getting shot down left and right. Yours got through the Senate, but got shot down in the House. Give us the the story about your piece of legislation a couple of years ago in the General Assembly and, and what went down yeah. with it. No, I mean, you know, this, hey, this, this whole cover-up and corruption doesn't just go to legislators. It just doesn't go to the leadership. It just doesn't go to the governor. You know, it goes to the media down there as well. I mean, they, they – this I, I was watching – somebody sent me something that said Brummett and Roby Brock are saying something like, you know – it seems like this is not just GIF funds. This involves legislation and maybe millions of Medicaid dollars. Okay, that's like saying Donald Trump may win the election. The president. I mean, it's like, so I'll be, I'm like, are you people serious? They never investigate anything. They've shielded these people down here. Dave, I've tried three different times that I know of off the top of my head with three different bills in three different committees, and it all came up with the same result. And so now you just see exactly what has happened. Jeremy Hutchison, Michael Lamro, you know, with the help of Jim Hendren and Dismaying and some of these other people, they've shielded the people from knowing what's really going on. And now they're going to come out with some sham ethics thing or something. And, you know, the reality is, Dave, you can make all the laws you want to. You can do everything you want to. If they're, The only sure things that's going to stop corruption is somebody not taking a bribe and somebody not offering it, okay? And that just wasn't happening down there. I mean, it, it just – money was free-flowing to these guys. It was well-known. They've all hit it. They all can't be honest about it. I mean, the governor comes out and says he's troubled by it. I'm like, seriously? It's like he's surprised about this and may not know who it is they're talking about. I'm like, we all know it was Jeremy Hutchison. I mean, they've – 
they've spent $100,000 your tax dollars down there to keep the FBI from getting their records. Hmm. And so, I mean, and, and listen, everybody makes mistakes, screw-ups, and bad judgments. I'm no different and everything like that. And there's all things that need to be questioned and stuff. That's different than a half a million dollars. And that's just one entity and one senator. All right, so tell us about your piece of legislation, this this main piece that was going to help uh, curtail this. We talked a little bit yeah, about it on Conduit know, for Action one, and whatever. Yeah, the first one was in 2015 when no one was talking about it. I just saw some things happen in 13 and 14. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? You know, I mean, there's something other, you know, I just it was just like it was so bizarre. And so, and you see people that, you know, if you're on certain committees and you could watch stuff from the inside, you'd be like, this feels a no-brainer. Okay, this is not even something that really should be discussed. And yet there were shenanigans. I mean, back, all the way back in 13 and 14. And then in 15 is when I filed the first Medicaid disclosure bill. And understand, to show you the Medicaid dollars, when I first came into office eons ago, that, you know, we spent $3.145 billion total federal and state. We spent over $7 billion last year. These guys have been adding Medicaid dollars and contracts like it's nothing and don't care how to pay for it. And so we, 15 was the first time, and so they've passed the Senate, and then I got these, like, stupid questions. I mean, it was, like, unbelievable the questions that were asked by some of the members. And, you know, it just made me more suspicious the way they acted. And it was just real clear if you saw it from inside the bubble. So then it didn't pass. It, they sent it to House Rules, obviously, to kill it. Okay, okay. So, you know, you get outside the session, and then, you know, more things come out. Michael Lamro getting a $120,000 consulting fee out of this pack funded by Bruce Hawkins, uh, nursing homes, tobacco companies, and he gets a check for recruiting, as he said, recruiting candidates, and informing people about issues. Okay, Dave, you remember I was a Republican leader. Yeah. I did that. <laughs> you know what? I, I didn't get a check. I did it out of my own pocket. I guess I'm – and so he gets $120,000 out of this, okay? And that's just what we know of. And then the next thing you know, we get a $30,000 loan to Jake Files, lobbyist. Well, what's up with that? I didn't know lobbyists gave loans. Uh, and then, you know, $80,000 wire transfer. Then you're getting into this and that. Then you're getting a GI fund. They have wanted to contain this to GIF funds because it's so easy to make GIF look bad and, mm-hmm. it, and it can keep it away from the governor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, these lawyers, and it's not just lawyers, but lawyers especially, they just think they're entitled to it. I mean, and so, and then in 14, maybe, no, 15, uh, 16, in legislative council, I tried to do something that was more uh, expansive in trying to find something after all that came out. And you'd like to know, okay, something is going on for sure. And then, you know, tried to go back and say, hey, in council, you have to disclose the last three years if you've done business with Medicaid entities. Guess what? It failed. I was crazy. Brian King, you, you know, this or that. I was mean, you know, uh, all kinds of stuff. You're going to make these poor attorneys get hungry. Well, it's not just attorneys, man. It, it, it's everybody else, too. I mean, they could come out there and buy a cow off us for $50,000, and you never know it. <laughs> and, you know, like I said, you just see, and 
the whole it's the whole culture down there. It's the media too, and they don't they know I sit there and say it. It's just like what I said about Brummett and Roby Brock. Well, Roby Brock, who's his advertisers? People that get millions, hundreds of millions of dollars to get Medicaid. I mean, you know, Roby Brock won't have anybody on. He'll talk about some deal. And then all of a sudden, now that it comes out and it's in documents and they show what happened, you know, you can see. And you look at the figures that are being thrown out there from one entity. Jeremy Hutchison, whether it's a bribe or kickback, he's going to have his day in court, or maybe. I mean, he's going to have his time to do this or that, and we'll see. But yet, if you just look at the figures, it's staggering. A half a million dollars. Yeah, that's for one one person. Yeah, and that's just a straight check, okay? He says he worked for it. Well, half a million dollars of work? I mean, and then here's the other thing you have to ask questions of. Is these Medicaid entities out there, like these nursing homes and, and you know, all these people that are hiring these attorneys, is our law uh, profession here in Arkansas so thin? I think there's a lawyer on every corner, but, <laughs> you know, is it so thin that they can only hire Legis- lawyers that's in the legislature? No. They're the most effective I mean, we all ones. know what it is and, and what's going on. But the main thing is, Dave, the third time in 17 – Josh Miller and I got into House Committee, and once again, you have lawyers out there thinking they they deserve loopholes. You had people saying, no, this is not as bad and persuasive as what Brian King's saying it is. And, you know, I had questions from uh, Representative Gray that, oh, my bill was too broad, too broad. And then within the same video, you know, she sits there and says, no, your bill's too narrow. Well, which is it? I mean, it was just like, I've put up with so many stupid, stupid you – know, they're not stupid. They're being evasive questions of, like, you know, what the bill did, what you're trying to do. It, it really was pathetic. All right, so you got it through the Senate. It got killed. Yeah, it got killed over in the House, though. House state agencies in 2017, House rules in 2015, and Legislative Council in 2016. Okay. They had three tries at it, hmm. and in the meantime, we're spending a hundred thousand dollars. Same time, we're laying off people at UMS, can't you know, cutting back on this or that on disabled people with different rule changes. You know, they're sitting there take, say, "Well, we don't care to spend you know, hundred thousand dollars to keep the FBI from getting records." Hmm. Senator right. King, it's Elizabeth. Okay, we um, got one minute left. You one want, minute. You want to hold your question? Yes, can you thank hold, you. Can you hold over for about five minutes, Brian? I can. If you give me, if you don't cut me off and give me a different number, <laughs> <laughs> I sent you the right number. You hold on. We're not going to disconnect right, you. All right. Don't not going to disconnect you. Okay. <laughs> Senator Brian King with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. News is next. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. It's getting good now. All right. We are back for the, uh, the power panel. Elizabeth's here. RD's here. Paul's here. Uh, I won't have them hold up your hand. Hold up their hand. I think you know that Elizabeth is the female here. RD has got RD on his shirt, and Paul oh, has sure got does. the blue shirt over there. I'm Dave Ellsworth. We're glad that you're with us. We've been talking about corruption uh, here in the state. We now have uh, with us. Uh, State uh, Senator Brian King on with us. We've had Linda Collins-Smith, State Senator Linda Collins-Smith on. Uh, We've talked to Kim Hammer, uh, 
all that. That's been texting back and forth. His piece of legislation he had a couple of years ago, HB 1313, that uh, basically it didn't that didn't die in committee. Where did that die at? It, where where'd they go? I think it died down? on the House floor, and it looks like it. If, as I recall, looking at the oh um, yeah, they were trying to the, resurrect it. Correct. And it, it, it failed, they and trying, they tried to you know expunge, expunge the, vote, the vote, bring it back. And they it didn't work. Do that. And it didn't work. A bunch so, of people that didn't vote in that. Yeah, and a bunch uh, of people didn't. State vote. Representative Kim Hammer has told me if he's elected state senator now because he's running for state senate for Jeremy Hutchinson's old seat, hmm. uh, that he will bring back that piece of legislation as well yeah if you Elizabeth, can remember ask him because when we looked up the initial vote on that bill it showed 26 yay 26 nay and 41 people you can ask not him voting oh okay i'll ask yeah. the only problem about that dave is there's less chances of any of that getting passed now than there were the last session because mm-hmm. the people that were trying to push it got targeted by the governor and everybody else to make sure they didn't get reelected. Yeah, but some of those other people that didn't get targeted by the governor maybe end up in, in prison by next session. So let's ask Brian <laughs> King. You think that that's the case, Brian? You think this this kind of legislation has even a less chance of going through because of you and Linda Collins Smith and others who have been targeted, uh, you know, by the well, governor? I think what's going to happen is you're going to see some sham deal, uh, and it's going to be talk big, but yet. You know, the reality is, Dave, and I mean, I don't mean to say that we can't do anything or that. It, it's just they can send the money if I, you know, if they wanted to, they can send it, sending it to a certain lawyer. They could send it to somebody in his law firm. OK, they can send it if they're going to want to do corruption and they're wanting to do this. They do. What what you have to do. I mean, if you look at the and we're close to Springfield up here. So I understand a little bit about preferred family health. If you look at it, they created companies out here that had nothing to do with Medicaid that did business with the people. I mean, it's, mm. so it's like sort of you know, like what you mentioned earlier I'm about not saying throw your hands up and everything because certainly no one's tried more than I have down there to pass this stuff. But the real is the real question is is why are we having situations of we're spending record amounts of Medicaid dollars? But yet, these guys sit there and say they're physically conservatives. And, and once you start handing out these extra billions of dollars, like I said, in 11 years, we've went up over $4 billion. And once you do that, well, then you're handing out more money to the advertisers. You're handing more money out to this. It, 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 they have created a money culture down here. What's really going to solve, I mean, is it, when all this bust, you know, Whenever they keep spending, like right now, they have a $44 million surplus on a $5.6 billion budget. That's nothing, okay? That's spending every dollar that comes in. We're taking in record amounts of money, and yet we can't solve problems like crime. We don't have money for crime. I mean, crime's horrible. Uh, No money for it. No substantial money for it. The crime lab's backed up because of the opioid epidemic. Nothing. Yet you have uh, highways, which need money for highways, don't have it. Uh, you have tax raises and then tax cuts and then all that confusing stuff. So at some point in time, but the problem is the public, to me, is not engaged in this. And like I said, the media the media shields these guys down there. That's nothing I've said to their face. Okay, so And as long as the media and everything wants to continue to shield these people, I mean, some of these articles that I see written as somebody down there in the bubble that I know, they might be, be written by these guys' defense team. 
<laughs> Are you talking about what the dim gas has been writing over yeah. the last four or five days? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, once it comes out, they can't say nothing. But look at what they've written before. Look at the fact that all these bills that we talked about never got coverage. You look at a lot of these legislators. I mean, this has been going on for years down there. I mean, it was so obvious and such a problem. And yet there was no investigative reporting done on anything of this. I mean, there was nothing being done. Nothing at all. Well, and, I'll be honest, there's not any investigative reporting really going on here. They're just reporting facts that the feds have already told them about. Yeah, that they can't get around. They cannot get around not reporting that. But what they, did, what they didn't do was you could hand them stuff down there that outlined and showed and this or that, and they would do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was almost like they made it where you're just, a, you know, you're just crazy and you're mean and everything else, and they try and marginalize you. And there was enough legislators down there that knew something was going on, and they'd vote with you, but yet there wasn't enough being vocal. And it's not going to change because the current way the system is set up down there is so uh, crooked and rigged that they, they're going they're to they're get away and with a short time of all this sham stuff. I mean, you look at all the problems at DHS, everything that you know, we exposed and did everything – and the next thing you know, they, they get you out and they don't want you exposing that stuff because they're taking care of their Medicaid friends. That's just it. Well, when there's I mean, when there's that much money flowing, Brian, you know as well as I do, uh, that yeah. corruption is right there with it. Yeah, and like I said, Dave, if you say, and I sat down there in 2013, 14, 15, and you would see bills that, like I said, were no-brainers, okay? And then, but... You know, the thing about it is you didn't have enough legislators sit there and say, oh, they would, you know, say something or they grumble back in the deal. And it just got where the silence of everybody and the fact that they didn't want to disrupt the vote because they'd be worried about their chairmanships or their other bills, which is a legitimate concern. But yet these people carried this. I mean, a lot of this stuff was carried out right in front of people. I mean, it just was. And like I said, bill after bill, you would see. And you just cut, see the budget process of unchecked. There's nothing in the legislature down there of anything that checks anybody. And once you get, as I call it, I call it the Medicaid mafia. And that's that's what they are. And I stand by that. I've stood by that for years and said they're going to find one way or another to get their way as long as they can. And like I said, you could sit there and see the thing out of Springfield up there with that company, how they set everything up. And they didn't have any problem getting Medicaid dollars. With that all said, uh, Elizabeth is here. She's got a question for you, Senator. Stepping back to the bill that didn't make it, and other than what I call ad hominem and personal attacks and what I call misdirection and confusion and scheduling types things, what types of so-called factual um, arguments did the other side use? I can't imagine as a lawmaker how I could stand up and argue against more transparency factually. I understand there was a lot of this other stuff, but was anybody able to bring forth any factual, uh, concrete well, I mean, it, reasons to be against this bill? Could, yeah, is anything you could do, you could sit there and bring up good, good points. They'd say, well, you know, you don't want to disclose attorney client privileges. Okay, that's that. What kind you know, of attorney client? Yeah, 
yeah, you don't want to disclose if you, you know, that that needs to be private, you know, what, and so, but we're not talking about these entities that we're talking about receive millions, as in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars of public money. Okay, and you're voting on that. You should have to disclose that. And Jeremy knew that. Jeremy, and with the help of, you know, let's say it, Jim Hendren, Jonathan Dismain. Yeah, I mean, look at look at all the other stuff. I mean, we're not just talking about private money. Look what's been transpired and come out in the newspapers, and there's nothing that gets followed up on. There's nothing to say this stuff has been going on. Like I said, all the way back to start being exposed with Gilbert Baker and Michael Lamro, and no one would say nothing. And so, uh, and, and and look at the public jobs of legislators out there. I mean, Jeremy Gillum gets a hundred thirty thousand dollar a year job, a cush job that doesn't even be needed. I mean, you know, there was no lack of. It's just like I said, look what's being carried out in front of everybody. Not let alone what's been carried out behind the scenes. Like I said, you look at the figures. Jeremy Hutchison looks to be that he gets his day in court. I mean, I certainly have my opinion of it based on the firsthand experience that I've seen, and I haven't seen anything less than saying I think there's something wrong going on. But one entity, in a short amount of time, and he gets a half a million dollars. A half a million dollars. I don't know. I mean... Well, that, that's on that's on top of other money that they don't even give us the the totals on the wire transfers, the nine thousand dollars a the month, the cash transfers, and all the rest. Yeah, I mean, and so uh, you you just look at it. You look at the reward payoff for legislators that run legislation and and get jobs. Get you know, all of a sudden we have a thing that says you know a law that says. This is how blatant everything is down there and how sad the really world that's gotten down there and how they just sit there and look at something and they think some law is going to change it. And let me let me say this. We have laws against lobbying. They didn't stop John Burris. It didn't stop these other people from taking these jobs and saying, no, I'm not a lobbyist. I'm a consultant. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, Jeremy you're a lobbyist. Jeremy, I mean, yeah. I mean, and this is with public money. So... If they're not going to, I mean, this culture and the fact that these Medicaid entities that are receiving these billions of dollars, they are going to they they are going to bust our state government budget. And then, but everybody's sitting there saying right now, which is so disingenuous. Oh, we've got to have a new ethics thing. You know, that is just so disingenuous to sit there and say that when you sit there and protected the people. I'll stand by that comment. Asa Hutchison has pr- protected his nephew down there. Well, we know that they, Brian, this is RD. You know that uh, J.R. Davis said on the show one time that that uh, the governor did not try to influence bills when they were coming across through committee in the House and the Senate, that he just signed them when they got there. And then... Well, that's, I mean, that makes no sense at all. If that's the case, why do we even have a governor? A governor's supposed to be doing that. I mean, so that's just what I'm saying. They get right. away with saying anything in the world, and we don't have a we don't have a media culture down here, down there that exposes or tries to counterbalance or reports what's really going on. They shield the they shield them down there, just like 
the governor and Jim Hendren uh, and dismaying shielded Jeremy Hutch. People from knowing Jeremy Hutchison was taking a half a million dollars while making decisions up there. So, Senator King, what could we do about it? Is there anything? Is to be there done anything about it? can we do? No, I mean, it, it's just the, the the thing is is I, I think that it's just going to for people out there in the in the world to get it is to say what I mean once this bust, which I think that I've said this all along, our budget is in worse shape than ever, and yet we're taking in record amounts of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have enough when it went. At this amount of money that we're taking in, and this is one thing, except for BB in the later years, and you guys know I've been critical, is that you spend less, and then you come up with a surplus, and then you have one-time money. We should be running a minimum of a $250 million surplus right now with the amount of money that we're taking in. And then when you have a $250 million surplus, you can have money to take care of highways without raising taxes. You can do a lot of different stuff with that. And when Governor Huckabee left, he left almost a billion-dollar surplus. We turned around and gave $456 million to school facilities out there. So, But the fact is that they're budgeting so bad, and if you look at the $172 million increase, $137 million goes to Medicaid, four times greater amount than goes to education. But yet down there, you know, we kept telling these uh, groups that handled the disabled when we expanded Medicaid, Guess what? When we have to start paying the bill, you're going to have to see cuts. Well, guess what's happening? That's exactly what you're seeing. I mean, it just is the real world versus the political world. And and as long as this culture down there that continues until it busts down there that they can't pay bills and they can't do something because of they've created these Medicaid monsters out there uh, and they've taken care of their Medicaid friends. I don't see anything changing uh, substantially because, as we, as I talked about earlier, the bill against lobbying. We made a bill against you can't lobby for two years. Okay, I'm a consultant. <laughs> I just titled it differently. Uh, it's so blatant how they just automatically corrupt the system and don't care. I mean, you know, if the if they had any ethics at all down there, they would sit there and say, okay, you took a job as a lobbyist. You're really a consultant. You have no business up here. So that is standard. And you don't even have to have a law to have a standard. So, but, you know, I don't know. It's just like I said, once you give out all these billions of dollars in Medicaid and you take care of your friends out there, guess what? They're, they're, they're going to make sure that their money streams are taken care of. All right. Brian, let me finish up with one thing here. I, I was sent an anonymous text today. I want to read it to you. You tell me if you think that this person is right. Could it be that none of these legislators thought that they would have gotten in trouble under state law? All the problems here came when the Fed started looking into things. It's important that we need to pass strict anti-corruption state laws and create perhaps a special prosecutor to bring charges without political consideration and it seems to me that you, Linda Collins-Smith, and, and Kim Hammer, the name three, have been trying to pass anti-corruption state laws. That's the problem, getting it through the state legislature. Yeah, I think what's going to happen is, you know, I think that looking back, I think that there were some ways that those guys just thought that they were not doing something wrong. They thought they were entitled to a check. They thought that it was okay you know, while we have one standard for school board members out there, my brother's a school board member, 
he can't vote on legislation if he had these construction companies. You know, it's very strict. But yet, you know, Jeremy Hutchison and Lamro think that there's some loose thing out there that they think that they're entitled to. And the thing about it is the media, I said, didn't expose them. They didn't, didn't, they shielded them. And so I think what's going to have to happen is that you don't see the leadership. You know, they made sure the leadership was taken care of when Davy Carter took out Terry Rice. Okay. They make sure that these money, these people getting all this money, they make sure that their money streams are taken care of without any rules. You know, if they want to outspend you three or four times in a campaign, spend dark money, do this other stuff, they're going to do it. Okay. And until the state budget busts and people sit there and say, you know what, what happened here? What really, it seems like, I think you guys were talking the break, everybody seems to kind of be going about their life and they somehow think everything's okay in Little Rock. And it's not. There's a whole culture of corruption and there's a whole culture down there that wants to do that. And you know what? I've never been afraid to say that and everything. And ever, now people, I've got I don't know how many texts and emails saying, well, Brian, you were right. <laughs> and I didn't know this. Like, no, you didn't know. I, yeah, you didn't know. There was things I was sitting there telling you. And so I don't care. I mean, it, it's just the Medicaid mafia down there, I've said all along. And unfortunately, uh, it's coming out. But like I said, the media is going to let Governor Hutchison off the hook. They're going to let Jim Hendren off the hook. They're going to let Dismang off the hook. And that's where it starts. They let, you know, they, they let Jeremy Gillum take a $130,000 a year job. You know, why don't you just go back to go back to the farm? I mean, that's what public service is about. They're, well, they're he couldn't go back to the farm. He and his brother sold it. <laughs> yeah, I think or whatever. I don't know what happened. But here's the deal. You know, public service is about serving the public. These guys' mentality is about the public serving them. And that's what Jeremy Hutchison's attitude is. And no laws is going to change that, okay? You, you, you could sit there, like I said, and make every law and everything like that. Fortunately, these guys are getting exposed, okay? But unfortunately, politics, you know, can play a role in this thing, too, unfortunately. And that's it. But anyway, guys, I hate to run, but I've actually got to run now, and I've got to take care of some errands before 4.30. Uh, but uh, anyway, it's good to visit with you. And, uh, Dave, if you have any trouble getting uh, the phone number, I, brother, I've had that trouble. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I'm glad we can have fun. All right, Senator. Thank you very much for being on. Senator Brian King. And I was just showing you, Dave, this this tweet I see from Michael Wickline from the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. It's interesting to me. He says, you know, some lawmakers are calling for Senator Hutchinson to resign, but others say the request is premature. Meanwhile, Senate leaders get ready to release proposed Senate rule changes. And with that, that, that what senator king was just talking with us about it makes you makes you think the reporter for the democrat gazette is reminding us that the senate is getting ready to do some proposed rules changes yeah we'll have to see what they are because Mm -hmm. uh, i won't get behind them and i know many uh, arkansans will not get behind them if they don't have some serious serious 
teeth. This sort of reminds me of the them. DOJ and uh, kind of investigating the DOJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> we've always we've, been that one. We've investigated That's on the ourselves. federal level, right? Yeah, right. right. This is state. Yeah, gotta right. Got to take a quick break. We'll be back. we got more for you as we return here on the Dave Ellswick Show on The Answer. All right, coming up uh, here at uh, 4.30, we'll have the news for you. Then uh, the power panel and I will be back for another half hour. Don't forget, coming up after 5 o'clock, it is the Bible Guys, and they'll both be in here today ready to answer your questions. If you have an email, just send it to BibleGuys at uh, SalemLR.com. News is next. All right, we are back, and uh, we, let's take a couple calls. You guys up for some calls? Sure. All right, Carol is out in Roland. Hey, Carol, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you, sir. Um, I'm just wondering, the governor had to know about this. He had to sign off on all this stuff or prevent it. Or, like, you know, we know that he did not want to address the bathroom bill and there was some things like that that he knew that we the people were interested in, but he just wouldn't even listen to them. But that being said, is it an accident, you think, that um, Jeremy's name did not come out before the primary? Uh, you know, Wilkins was, um, the FBI had already exposed him, and he had confessed, and so all we're hearing is Senator A and Senator B and, you know, so who kept their names out of the public before the, FBI. the primary? The FBI did. Oh, did they? Yes. Well, how can we get special um, investigators to come in here? Because there's a conflict with him, uh, the governor. He, The person in the Western District that would go and hear one of these cases uh, were members of his law firm up there in Fort Smith. And then on the Eastern District, same thing. He's got connections over there. So I don't think there's a hope for getting uh, Jeremy tried in Arkansas in any of these districts because of Hutchinson's um, connections with the federal court. Well, I've got, my, I've got my own thoughts about that, but I can't express them right now. Uh, I may, in a week be able to express them we have some thoughts on things and i need to search out some of my some of my sources and see what they're saying but i i have a a hunch of what's going on and we'll have to see if it plays out just hang in there with me carol all right i'll have something i tell you it, it should have told people a lot the public a lot of things about uh him getting these people to take out the the most conservative Senators we had up there were Linda Collins Smith and Brian King, and then of course he attacked some of the others too. Uh, he didn't, he wasn't successful. I, don't, I think on getting Dan Sullivan out. No, nope. there were some others, and um, it should have told people something when he got so upset about the exposure that Conduit News was given to all of this, and it was just bringing out names after names after names, and he got really up. I think he really worried that he was going to get defeated, and he should have been if the people were informed. And, of course, the Scriptures tell us, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And, well, we have an uninformed electorate really badly. I think you're absolutely right. right about that. All right, Carol, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Carol from out in, in Roland, we appreciate her call today. Uh, Darren Waddle is going to join us. We know Darren. Darren, you know Darren. Darren's been on my show before. 
used to be ahead of the college Republicans. Darren, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you, Dave? I'm doing great. You have you have some of your own thoughts here. What are some of your thoughts? Well, uh, my thoughts is, you know, I, I bring something unique to the table, and I get got to work with all these people, and it's kind of it's kind of weird seeing how everything's going and having worked with them, and I, I just believe that there there's probably something more to be seen. Uh, you know, if you if we look at the facts, I mean. You've already demonstrated facts, but if you listen to other pundits, you watch other uh, news organizations on how everything's unfolding, there's a past history with these funds and uh, how they've been distributed. And uh, it's from what I heard, and, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of John Brummett, and I don't think anyone listening is the biggest fan of John Brummett, but he, he said something interesting uh, in his talk on talk business, and that was that there has to be a precautionary on how we view lobbyists nowadays <laughs> is because that these there's certain lobbyists, especially like the one that, you know, got in trouble the other day. John McCranford. Yes, John McCranford. Rest- that are using politicians and are are dinging uh, dinging the uh, little uh, golden keys in front of them and are using them as pawns in the game and whether some of them I mean for obvious reasons uh, uh, John Woods and Mike O'Neill and uh, uh, Hank uh, Wilkins are 100% guilty of what what they've done but, you know, I, I guess it's just because I've worked with some of these people. I'm wondering if there may be some behind the scenes where I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that uh, um, Jeremy Hutchinson is 100 percent guilty of what, what what's going on right now. We just know him as Senator A that he did propose this bill. But could there be and. Yeah, could there be more to this story than meets the eye? Could there be legislation that is still out there that is just hovering that certain lobbyists have put in place that – because I know on a it, it's very uh, normal for a senator to be given a bill, and they look over the bill, and they're like, yeah, this is pretty good, yeah, no, no problem there. And they run with that bill. Yeah, but and, here's the problem, Darren. If Jeremy Hutchinson was handed a bill from somebody who was paying him a retaining fee, uh, uh. retaining uh, amount of nine thousand dollars a month, don't you think that we should have some kind of uh, fail-safe device for the state government that says, you know what, if you're giving getting money from a from a from a business, should you shouldn't it. you shouldn't be able to vote on a piece of legislation or even propose that legislation. Uh, yeah, that I mean that that's fine. Yeah, I mean that's I what needs to that. be done. So that's that's the first problem I got with what Jeremy did. Mm-hmm. I mean that yeah, really is I mean, the very first. That's the first thing I got with Jeremy about this. I mean, look, uh, anybody who knows me knows that I've been friends with Jeremy Hutchinson for years. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Hutchinson helped me with uh, with a, a legal problem I had uh, about five years ago. Because mm-hmm. I went to him because he's, I, I feel he's a good lawyer. I hate to see this, but it looks like to me that 
Jeremy's got himself entangled in some stuff he should never got entangled in. Yeah, and and I agree with that because it's you know it's it's just like you and I we we hate to see stuff like this happen to people we know, but I mean it was choices they made. But for this tale, I, I, just me personally, I, I just want to see how this rides and see where this goes because I, I still believe there there's probably something more to the story before well, we what is it that you think what do you think is hanging out there darren that's i mean if well, you feel that there's something I, more you've got a gut feeling about something i i don't know i really don't know but i i mean i can just be 100 percent wrong and it just could be just one of those gut feelings that there may be something more but um, and it just may be me just having uh, worked with uh, them. You know, when I found out about John Woods, it just kind of blew my mind because he was basically, uh, when working at the legislature, uh, he, he was right next door to me the whole time. And I, I just never saw that coming. But, I mean, a lot, I a mean, lot of people didn't. The, and the evidence bot- was there. Bot- yeah, bottom line, he's a greedy person. I got to let you go. I, did you have a okay. question? Hold on a second. I was just going to say, I, I don't know where you're listening to, to Brian King whenever he was just on the show earlier, but there's been some very good legislatures that have known what's going on with all this Medicaid money and the consulting fees and the exorbitant prices that the attorneys are charging and the consulting firms that a lot of these elected officials have. A lot of people have known on the inside what's going on. And they've been trying to pass legislation to close these loopholes for this corruption for the past since, Brian King said, since 2012 and 2013. So uh, it's no secret what's going on in the people inside the bubble, as Senator King said. So uh, uh, we don't like to see it happen, but at least the truth is coming out. Yeah, and with this all going on, I, I would not be surprised if there's going to be more of a momentum in getting legislation like this passed. It, I, hope I sure right. hope. It's, it's definitely an oddity that this has all happened in such a numerous amount. Well, uh, so, and, you know, Darren, right. that's exactly what we're hoping. I thank you for your call. Uh, that's exactly what we're hoping for here on this show. That's why we have spent three hours today. <laughs> basically talking about this to make everybody aware of exactly what's uh, been going on and uh, you need to be aware that there'll be some movement about uh, uh, legislation perhaps uh, about ethics but don't (laughs) be quick to jump on the bandwagon other than say well that's good i'm glad that they're thinking about this But let's see what it is that they're going to suggest, because (laughs) unless it's something that can bite these guys and the and the dare and women in the derrieres and cost them dearly, it it's not going to do any good. I mean, that's the problem. That's why the person who sent me that text said, "Could it have been that the lawmakers knew under state law they didn't have to worry about anything, and it was the feds that caught them?" All right, now with the feds, you better be really worrying because now it's serious you go to jail with the feds you stay in jail until the feds say you get to get out you know if it was a 10-year sentence and you you're given 10 years 
you're staying for 10 years. You don't get an early get-out-of-jail card. That just doesn't happen with the Fed. You do day for day what you're sent to the federal penitentiary about. There is no, you do, you know, you go to the to the prison and you do the laundry like you're supposed to and mop a floor and, and, and you're a good boy or a good girl. Uh, you get a day off of your sentence for every day of good behavior you have. You know, the Fed believe like I do. That's why you're in jail, to behave yourself and to prove that you can come out and behave yourself in civil society again. So, yeah, we'll see... We'll see what they're having. I'm just saying, unless it says under their new ethics stuff that they want, that if you're found in, uh, you know, ethically challenged, let's put it that way, okay, if you're found to be ethically challenged, that you lose all of your money and all of your uh, retirement and everything else, I'm not into buying it. I'm not into buying it. I want it to be set up so they won't want to do it because they're afraid they'll get caught. Let's take a break. We'll be back with more on the Dave Ellswick Show. Nine minutes remaining today. Hope you've enjoyed today's uh, three hours with the power panel. Coming up, uh, you get an hour with the Bible, guys. That's Ooh, always yeah, you need that a now, good don't hour. You? Yeah. <laughs> well, it goes back, and I'll be honest, because kind of uh darren kind of alluded to this that you got some guy out there that's a loose cannon lobbyist and he's dangling the golden keys in front of somebody that somebody should have gone to whomever they got to go to screened and said hey this guy just tried to buy me off absolutely and that goes back to the Marijuana Commission and the guy who was approached who did not report. He said, oh, I didn't take the bribe, but I didn't report it either. Yeah, and that's but a problem. Same kind of corruption. 90% of the people, well, let me, they know each a other. large percent of the people down there know what's going on. It was going on long before anybody that's up there right now started. And it's, it's bigger than any one person. And uh, but one thing I'd like to say real quick is if anything that they say that they're going to do to put in place to prevent this from happening has anything to do with the Arkansas State Ethics Commission, it's a joke. Oh, yeah. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, I I go along with and your point well taken uh, when we talked about this for just a few moments, having a special prosecutor you know that's not beholden to either political party i don't know if you could find somebody like that you know i mean i guess we'd have to go you know who who would who would select them we have to wait for jesus to return i think to have that kind of thing happen and he'll get his day well yeah he will Uh, the man has his day at the end and the man is jesus christ all right right so they all will answer Right, but but on Earth, how do we how do we find a prosecutor who's not a political, you know, a political um, uh, crony? Right. How, how do we do that? I don't know. Aside from having, I don't know. What what if we set up a system where we could collect enough signatures and you automatically? Uh, I don't know. How how would you do that? How would you actually? Yeah, because we see a, the, you see the problem. For instance, federally, when you got Mueller and and he goes out and gets a, bu- a bunch of clinton cronies to come in and work for him and obama cronies and they're 
and they're going after uh, Trump, and we all see the problem there. Uh, we see the problem with these uh, uh, different, uh, you know, uh, House and and Senate committees and how they split, and they're completely politicized. And one side side says this, the other side, and they're going to protect somebody, and this side is not. And you you know, we all understand <laughs> on a national scale how bad it is. Mm-hmm. We might be seeing a little bit of that on the state side right. as well. I think it's worse. <laughs> but but I think I think you're right. We need to figure out some way to prosecute these guys without allowing allowing them to just basically investigate themselves. And so I don't I, I'm not sure how you would do that. Is there some way we could allow maybe some of the local government officials even to to deal with some of this? I don't stuff? know. I don't know. Could you do it through the quorum courts? No. Well, I don't Let know. If you do I that. don't know. I mean, is there you're some way this, to... You're in the same... It's all politics. Political. Yeah, I can point. guarantee you the quorum court is all connected. Where does the quorum court's vast majority of their money come from? Come from state representatives. It comes from state representatives <laughs> and it comes Senators, from the capital. Right. So, so, if you think that city and county government's not connected to state... Well, it, it, it is. And so so where do we go with that aside from letting citizens bring... bring um, bring criminal charges against government officials. I would not be against a citizen panel hearing this stuff, all right? However, it goes back to exactly what Elizabeth said, who puts the people on the panel. That's the problem all the way through. And And we didn't even get to talk about Wendell Griffin today. We got to get that. that. That's next week. Because oh, there's going to be more about that. Did you see the story in the paper today? Well, there's a nine-member panel. That's wow. what caught my attention. Three of those people will be citizens. Wonder who names the panel. Mm-hmm. Back to that. It'd be, yeah. it'd be very interesting. Oh, boy. Hey, we could do it just like, uh, you know, going to be uh, uh, just luck of the draw. Just have it to where... People that file their taxes, we're going to pick this many people and this many people. And you so, serve. So you serve. So well, you just put random sort of, people. Sort of like a jury. People, you like want to be a, a citizen, you said, serve. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. Like it makes jury. sense to me. Good. But you, you wouldn't know who you were going to go Gosh, no. Well, There's no telling what yeah. you'd get then. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or what, what if? Uh, what, what if talk about gridlock in government. <laughs> hey, oh, boy. That would be fair. Do, do you not think that's a good idea? I think it's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Well, just know whatever you, we come up with, it won't be perfect. No, it won't be perfect. But it and, can't be. And uh-uh. I think I think they they talked about years ago, or where the the average congressman would be no better than if we just randomly picked people out of the phone book. But I think it's gotten to be where it's maybe closer to the average congressman or average lawmaker. Maybe something closer to the average person we randomly pick out of a prison roster well we wouldn't have near as many attorneys in the legislature well, if we well, did may, this may, random maybe so may, maybe so I, I think we should probably ban attorneys from being part of the legislature <laughs> anyway the problem <laughs> but the problem is the size of government and how much right. it's growing right. and how much money is access the only way in my opinion to reduce the size of corruption in state government is to reduce the size right. and the scope of state government take I them agree. out of health care right take them out of the education education system right. that produces so much money. All this free federal money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Take take the state government out of our education, out of our health systems. If they weren't involved in so many things they have no business to be involved in, they wouldn't have the taxpayers' money to bribe each other. Right. Um, and, and lobbying. Wherever the biggest pile of money is at, 
That's where the pigs come to the trough. Just always know that. And know that man and women, when I say man, it's a pronoun uh, that I'm using there for you, generic pronoun, is a fallen creature. You got to believe that or you're going to fall for anything. I'm just telling you. It's a fallen creature. The the heart is uh, the most wickedest thing out there. Just know that. And everybody... Hate to say this, but everybody has their price. Huh? All right, Dave Ellswick Show. We got the Bible guys. They're coming up next. Elizabeth, Hardy. Thank you. Paul, thank you. Thank you. Yes, All sir. for coming here. We'll get together next Tuesday. We'll start talking about Wendell Griffin. Oh, that's going to be fun. That should be fun. More coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so uh, the Bible guys are here. They weren't here last Tuesday, but neither was I. Hmm. Although uh, the uh, insurance commissioner was really disappointed that you guys weren't here last tuesday oh, really? he was really wanting to talk with you guys oh, yeah. you it know? just happened that way i know it? i know you were you I'm were in hawaii so, uh, did you get right. to see the volcano uh, i did not we were not on an island oh you didn't go over there no check it out nope you know cook some marshmallows <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw somebody did that no <laughs> no like that did somebody no. do that yeah they did no, sure really. somebody got you wouldn't have to get too close to get the heat. I'm right. just telling you that. It wouldn't be bad. And, uh, of course, uh, Scott was in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, the, PA. That was the city of brotherly love. It was. It How was. was it? You know, actually, it wasn't bad. Uh, my, Could you find a parking place so you can unload everything? <laughs> I, I found a parking deck. Oh, okay. Uh, so I was able to put everything in my in my car, drove it to round trip 2,500 miles. Wow. How much I kept saying to my Non-stop? son. Nonstop? No. Oh. No, no, no. We, we, broke, we broke it up. All right. But uh, then he lived on the, he was moving into the 15th floor of his building, which we had to move him up to his room. Did you have an elevator or did we you did have to have walk an, the We stairs? did have an elevator. Uh, but then I got to put together his uh, furniture oh, with man. him and uh, worn out. I worn bet you were worn Five out. days sitting in the car driving. Did you sleep on the floor of his uh, room? We stayed in a hotel. Oh, okay. Well, just smart. Uh, yes. Smart way of doing things. Uh, well, I try to be smart, Dave, in well, what, I, what you, I do. You did good. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What did you do while we were away? I went to San Antonio and watched my uh, oldest uh, uh, granddaughter graduate from high school. First grandchild uh, that I watched graduate for from high school. That oh, was wow. very awesome. cool. Yeah. And uh, she's going uh, into a program that's called AIM. That stands oh. for Ad- Adventures and Missions. Oh, cool. Uh, it's run by the Church of Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you go to school in Lubbock, Texas for about six months, and then you end up on the mission field for two years. Wow. Cool. Oh. No, they're not Mormons. Uh, but the <laughs> bottom line, you end up on the mission field. Yeah. And uh, from what I understand from talking to April, uh, she's hoping she's going to be in france oh really so that and i said well here's what you get to look at and she goes what i said a bunch of empty churches Uh, (laughs) really big historically relevant churches that are now empty Mm -hmm. if she does go to france i have a couple of friends who have churches there i don't know know where she'll be i mean it's a big country but uh, i have i have friends so if she if she needs someone to connect with while she's over there i have some people i'll I'll let her know that yeah and she's all excited she starts in July in oh, right. her training. Oh, so she's her mother and her father, my my daughter and my son in law, uh, were in AIM as well. Oh, right. And she's 
she's kind of doesn't know what she wants to kind of do with her life right mm-hmm. now. So this is a perfect time to do yep. something like this. Right. And uh, 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 Tara and and Kurt were in New Zealand. Oh right, in Christchurch, and, yep. and worked out of there. As Always wanted version. to visit New Zealand. Never oh, me been too. There before. It's a beautiful, beautiful, uh, are, are beautiful. Losing, are you losing weight, Dave? You lost I've lost more? 30 pounds. Wow. I could see. He, can you tell he's lost some yeah. weight? Never yeah. lost a total of 30 pounds over the, since March. Right. I've, been, since March. I've been working at it. Yeah, I've been uh, working I at can, it. I can tell. Yeah, I can look at my shirt. Yeah, your shirt's yeah, loose on, on it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, going, I'm, I'm trying to go another 20. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'll be at 180 if at you get that down. point. Yeah. Well, if I get to 190, what I weighed as a senior in high school. That'd be kind of exciting as it is. I weigh 196 right now. Would you wear some of your clothes that you wore when you were a high, senior uh, in high school? Yeah, would, they'd be in style. <laughs> That's right. They'd still be in style because they wear blue jeans. Yeah. Blue jeans and big yank shirts. What oh, can I say? All right. Okay. That's what I'd be, what I'd be, I would uh, be wearing. Okay. So we evidently had someone who sent me a question and either I didn't get it or I got it in, in, in my stupidity. I lost it, okay? Mm-hmm. And the question was, why were Christ's bones not broken right. at the crucifixion? Mm-hmm. And and the easy answer to that is, Christ died on the cross. When the Romans went up to check him out, he was already dead. They, did, they were going to hasten death by because they didn't want to be hanging out there on Golgotha if they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. So they were going to break their legs because you died from suffocation. Right. In crucifixion, so if you couldn't raise yourself up with your legs, they would ha- you'd be able to hasten on to death. When they went up to ki- uh, to break Christ's legs, they found that he was already dead. Yeah, that's yeah. when they put the sword or the sword, the spear in his side, right. and the issue of blood and water. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the lady was asking um, if there was any Roman, um, you know, rules about not breaking uh, people's bones. In fact, it's just the opposite. They were encouraged to break people's bones. Uh, and like you said, because what it would do is it would you break your legs. You can't push up and it would cause them to, uh, to suffocate and to die much faster. And yeah. And when they were crucifying as many people as they were crucifying yeah. at that time, they want them to die as fast That's as right. they would. And you know, the miracle of the whole thing is this, the Bible says that none of his bones would be broken. And this of course is in fulfillment to the prophecy uh, so Jesus' bones weren't broken, number one, because the prophecy said none of his bones would be broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the foreshadowing of the Passover lamb. Even at Passover we have, as you know, Dave, from Passover meal, there's a bone, a, shank, a lamb shank bone on the on the, um, on the the table yeah. uh, that is, that's unbroken, which is interesting because the shank bone is the leg bone. Uh, and what they used to do on the cross is they'd break their legs. So that's correct. So he's saying none of his bones would be broken, and it's the leg bones they would break. So, and some people people have asked, why did Jesus die so quickly? Well, he died quickly because if he wasn't dead early, they were going to break some bones. So he had to die quickly to keep his bones from being broken, to be the Passover lamb, to fulfill the, the prophecy. But then on top of that, just think about the miracles that had to take place in that when they put the nails through his wrist, they couldn't hit any bones. Nope. When they shoved the spear in his side, they had to have gone through the ribs. They couldn't have broken any of those ribs. So, yeah. so this was some divinely... Uh, you know, targeted um, nails and spears to make sure that none of those bones were broken, uh, even when they uh, were crucifying him. Okay, I want to bring up something I like you guys to talk about, and then I know that uh, our brother over here without the Twitter account uh, has something he <laughs> that would wants be to. Steve. That would be I don't Steve. Know that is. He wants to bring wants to bring up something as well. We just got done here on the show doing three hours 
about corruption in state government. Mm. And there's, I think, more to be uncovered. And everybody's saying, how does this happen? Why does this happen? And you know, the only way to explain it is from a Judeo-Christian viewpoint. Mm. You know, all the other major religions like Buddhism and Hinduism and all that think that at our core, man is a good thing. Right. We're good people. Christianity is, I, gotta, I, I don't know, I, I don't know Islam well enough to know whether they believe this or not, that man is a fallen creature. I would guess Islam would think that because they get the first four books of the Bible, the Old Testament as well. Mm. So we should not be surprised when the people that we elect to serve to serve us as our representatives or whatever are found to have feet of clay and they succumb to temptation. Mm-hmm. And that's what is happening. I mean, you throw enough money at, at people and usually you'll find that point that they'll do things that they shouldn't do. Everybody has, as they like to say, as as uh, a, a point where they can be bought off. So uh, don't be surprised. Mm-hmm. You know, the only way this changes is when it's all over with. You know, Abraham Lincoln said, he said, you want to truly find out what's in the heart of man. Mm-hmm. He said, don't give him power, give him money. And then their the real character will actually um, Or give him power that'll let him get money. Oh, yeah. yeah they kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Yeah. Why, why do you think that for, for so long uh, men were forced to put their hand on the Bible and swear before God and what they were going to do when they took these positions? Well, that's what man actually believed, that God might strike them down. Right. And and you, if you have people who think that there's no accountability um, and that they're not going to have to give an account or mm-hmm. that somehow that through their um, – political education, if you will, um, have learned how to game the system and where they just don't really think it's, that's a big deal because we don't focus that much on character anymore. We spend so much time telling people how to get to heaven, we kind of forget to tell them that you're still accountable for your action. You are still going to have to give an account to God. And if you know what you're doing is wrong and immoral and corrupt, then you can't, in my opinion, label yourself as a believer and then walk in corruption. Okay, so can... There be salvation without lordship. I say no. Yeah, I doubt. I, now there, there's a question for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. there be salvation without lordship? Because when you accept Christ, you accept Him as your King. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. And I've said that all, for all, for a long time, and that is, that everybody wants a Savior. Very few people want a Lord. And the Bible tells us that we have to believe in our heart who He is and what He did, but then we have to confess Him. As Lord, and confessing as Lord doesn't mean just to say it, but it actually means to yes, it does mean to say, but it also means to live out what you're believing. So um, he has to be both Lord and Savior. I mentioned this on Sunday uh, at church when people, when at the end of time, when when the Lord is dealing with people, and they'll say, "We did all these wonderful things in your name," and He says, "Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness." I never knew you. The word know there is the word yada in Hebrew, and it means to have an intimate relationship with. I never had an intimate relationship with you. Even though they used his name and did lots of things in his name, there was never a true intimate relationship with that uh, person. And they were workers of lawlessness. They had rejected the law of God in their um, in their life. I was just about to quote and say that that is the scariest verse in the Bible, not anything out of the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. uh, but the fact that, there are people who think that they're going to heaven and they're going to stand before him and he's going to go, I have no idea who you are. 
because you may have confessed my name, but you had no idea who I am. Therefore, I know I have no idea who you are Mm. because they didn't walk in that level of intimacy and thought they could basically do whatever they want because they got their get out of hell free card stamped. Yeah, there's more than just fire insurance involved Mm. here. Absolutely. Absolutely. A lot more than just that. I'm I'm concerned that many times that we have given people a false sense of security Mm. by making, you know, if if we just sell them the idea that all you have to do is just say these few words here and then just go off and live the life however you want to live it. That's not the way this thing works. It's not the way that we're meant to live this life. We're meant to be changed. And there's a difference between having a weakness of the flesh and walking in iniquity. And that's the part, you know, because then you start getting in this whole debate about once saved, always saved and all of that. And people have momentary lapses of judgment. But when you are actively voting and you are actively seeking legislation and you are doing things that are a process, that are a step, or if it's outside of that, as far as the government goes, and you are living a lifestyle or walking a certain way, then that's not a momentary lapse of judgment. That is a life in which you are living. And that's that's different. All right, Steve has something he wants to speak of, and we'll let him do that when we come back. 19 after 5, got a question for the Bible guys, 823-0965, 823-0965. If you're watching on uh, Facebook, if you're at facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick Show and you're watching us live right now, uh, can you kind of watch over there a little bit and see if any questions come up for Zach? Okay, he'll do that. Just type in your question right underneath the, the video, and these guys would be happy to take it on. Of course, Scott Stewart is here from Agape Church. Don't forget they meet on Sundays at 10 o'clock. And Steve is here. Steve is the man without the Twitter account. <laughs> we'll be back with more here in just a moment. All right, back with you. And don't forget that uh, Scott Stewart's pastor over at Agape Church 701 Napa Valley Drive here in Little Rock. Sunday service time is 10 o'clock. Their website for all the information about their school and everything else, ACLR, Agape Church, Little Rock, ACLR.org. His Twitter account, at Dr. Just Dr. Scott Stewart, S-C-O-T-T-S-T-E-W-A-R-T. With that said, let me look over at Steve. Steve, look at the camera. Up there. Okay. There you go. Over my left shoulder. And uh, tell the listeners what it is that you wanted to talk about progressive revelation. Yeah, one of the things that we were talking about when we had our guest the last time we were on, it was right towards the end. I wanted to, to give people uh, something to think about on how they view the scriptures. And one of the things that was brought up was about progressive revelation. And the idea is that as we're moving along through the story of the Bible, that the revelation of God's plan is progressing. And I think that's the wrong terminology to use because progressing uh, gives the idea that what was prior to that was old or something different that we didn't need to be doing anymore. And it's, Which is a really main problem in Christianity today. It is. Mm-hmm. Because we look at, and one of the things that, in one of the courses that we just did, we talked about understanding Hebrew thought. And that is that there is what's known in Hebrew thought as block logic and in Greek thought, which is known as linear logic. And we think very linearly. So something starts from the left and just moves to the right. And therefore, that which was left is no more because we are, quote unquote, progressing. And and how this flows is we look at the son, Jesus, and we say, well, he has progressed past what what God gave Moses. 
See, we don't need to keep the law anymore because we've progressed past that. We have a new revelation that now all we have to do is, quote, unquote, believe. And therefore, that old way is done away with. and We progress past that. Instead, we should look at the things that are going on as the unfolding of God's plan, not something that we progress and lose the old. So I just you need to really think differently on how you read the scriptures and view either covenants or the story of God instead of something that is progressing that we're moving from but rather something that is opening up before our eyes. Interesting to, that you bring this up because I was on hellochristian.com today, which is a website I like, mm-hmm. you know. Brings up some different stories, different questions, and there was a a, uh, a story from Charisma Magazine that they had taken and put on Hello Christian. It said 21 things as Christians we should stop doing. And uh, one of them was saying, uh, this and this and this, uh, or maybe things that they're in the Bible, but they're just not for me. Kind of smorgasbord Christianity. That's what I always heard it called. That you go through and you pick what you want to believe, and then you don't, you know, live up to what you don't want to believe because right. it's too tough or whatever. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I love to read comments. I go down and read what people are saying. Mm-hmm. And because you get some really strange things sometimes. And there was a guy in there that spent, looked to be, a, I, I should have printed it off because I could have given it to you for so you guys could use this as a methodology of showing how many Christians believe that all the different covenants that God established with us as a human race somehow disappeared yeah. when Jesus came. Mm-hmm. And that he came to start a brand new covenant that did away with all the old covenants. Right. And it was there, and I'm reading all this, and I'm going, dude, you need Scott Stewart. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I was thinking, man, this guy needs some some help. He needs yeah. the course that he's working yeah, on. Yeah, that would be something to take, go to go to the school there. We're down to a minute. Go ahead. Scott. No, as a matter of fact, I'm actually teaching right now a, a course called Covenants. And, I'm de- and I dealt with just that thought today in one of my lectures, which was the fact that one covenant displaces another covenant cannot be seen anywhere in Scripture. Uh, what Steve was talking about, about progressive revelation and doing away, the, doing away with covenants is very much a dispensationalist point of view where they believe in these dispensations of time. And when one time closes, that's it. That's the end of it. And then a new time opens up. It really is incredulous. And fi- there's no credulity credulity in it at all because um, God's covenants are everlasting. They're forever. I'm glad the covenant of Noah didn't pass away. As a matter of fact, every time you look in the sky and see a rainbow, you should be reminded that Noah's covenant is still in effect. All right. Hold your thought. We'll come back. I got to get to the news. I'm gone to hellochristian.com uh, and I'm going to try to find that what that man said. Okay, so I told you it was 21 points. It was really 22 uh, points that Christians should stop doing right right. now. All right. Uh, Jeff Hagan made a comment on this story. Let me just read what he said. And it goes along with a lot of things that we've talked about here on the show. I agree with all the points, possibly a first for me in charisma, with just two clarifications. Number six, there are portions of the Bible that are not truly relevant for us today in our culture not because they are uncomfortable, but simply because they were not meant for us. They are there for a reason. It is God's word, after all, but much is not explicitly for us. Certain aspects 
particularly much of the law given to Moses, Mm. all 613 commands, not just 10, were for the Jews of that day, not Gentiles, nor Gentiles of our day. (laughs) And we know why that's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, nine of the 10 are in some way repeated in the New Testament, but the others and the one of the 100 are not. Remember, the Sabbath and keep it holy is not. All of the Bible is inspired, but it is not all equally relevant to all cultures and all people of all time. Number 21, this is often an accusation made simply to those who have grasped that because we are free from the law by God's grace, we may do many things at odds with what another might deem as acceptable. Legalism can be pushed onto others just because they have a more accurate and thorough knowledge of what having liberty in Christ truly means. I'm free to watch an R-rated movie with violence and swearing if it in no way puts a damper on my faith or affects the way I live life. For another, rated R movies may cause problems for him or her. That person should not view them, nor should they tell me I shall or should not view them. Just one small example of many. So I'll, you, I'll let you guys tackle. Where do you even that. start with that? Yeah, I was going to say, can we do another show next week? <laughs> yeah. It is, um, well, it's, it's, it's indicative of where the body of Messiah is at right now. We make up our own rules, rejecting God's, believe our finite um, knowledge and wisdom is somehow superior to the infinite God's scripture. It's just, it's just unreal. I will say there is some aspect of what he was saying that was true, and that is the sense that there were laws in the 613 laws that were dealing with priests, that were dealing with the land, that were dealing with women. So from that aspect, part of his statement is true, but not simply because we're not Jewish or it's a cultural thing. That, because that part of we, not true. we may not be... True Jews, right. but were adopted Jews. Even in Isaiah 56, and this is one of the prayers that we've included in our Sabbath uh, prayers, which is dealing, and Jesus quotes Isaiah 56. Uh, in Isaiah 56, it says, uh, to the eunuch and to the foreigner that chooses to keep my covenant and hold true to what I say, and part of that, and he goes on to talk about there, is the Sabbath. Um, he says, I will give him a new name better than that of sons and daughters, And I was listening to a non-believing rabbi once talk about this verse, and he said that in the millennial time that we will see these people, these all of these Gentiles who are keeping the Sabbath, that we will step aside and say they have more right than us to go to the temple um, because this was not incumbent upon them, but yet God encouraged them to do so. And so, again, this is in Isaiah, um, not um, in in the new, if you will. Mm -hmm. and. And the fact that uh, this person obviously doesn't read any of the Gospels or the Sabbath is is everywhere. Uh, and also there's um, the scripture tells us in Hebrews 4 where there is a Sabbath left to the people of God. So um, I think his his knowledge is, is not what it should be. When regarding Sounds that. like, though, the knowledge of the 21st century church. It does. It is. It does. It is, it is a, a liberal a liberal, unfortunately, um, anti-law, antinomian view. And a lot of us who go to churches like like this don't think that they're liberal churches. Mm, that's right. right. They right. think that we belong to very 
conservative churches. Mm -hmm. You know, and what's funny is in most of the conservative churches you go to, you're going to find right-wing people, right? Uh, And they don't like the leftist view of our country, but they will be surprised that the leftist view, the Constitution, is an old, irrelevant document. Most of the church theology views the Bible as old, irrelevant doctrine, and they think they're conservatives. Yeah. Well, a lot of them that are even conservatives that still believe in doctrine tend to dis not disbelieve, but disassociate themselves from the Old Testament. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Bonnie. She's in Little Rock. Hi, Bonnie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. What's your question? Um, so he's talking about um, progressive revelation. And what I had had explained to me is that, like, Adam and Eve were in the time period of paradise, and there were certain policies and rules that applied just to that time period, and and that there's other time periods. And when they had the written law, when Moses had the law, it was the time period of the law administration, and that ended, you know, the law ended with Jesus Christ, and that the time period like of the grace administration is was a secret and no one knew about knew about it there was different policies and things that apply during that time and then so forth like with the book of Reve- revelation the future mm-hmm. that's a whole nother administration and different policies apply at that time what are your thoughts on this and have you heard of that before okay do you want to sit on the phone or do you just want to listen um, I'll just listen. Okay, I'll let you go. And and okay. is she talking dispensation? It's a very definition yeah. of dispensation. <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you for your call, uh, Bonnie. Yeah, I'm very familiar with this. This is called this is called dispensationalism, and this is where man has created a dispensational view of the scripture. In other words, he's assigned the scripture time frames. The time you're referring to with Adam and Eve is called the dispensation of innocence, and they take certain time periods they label them they're all labels of men there's they're not labels given by god and they and what they believe is that when one of their supposed time frames ends everything that was in that container is thrown away and a brand new time frame opens up where all the the rules are are new uh the idea that um that law ended uh with uh jesus um is just a fallacy um the fact that the fact is, Jesus said this. He said, do not think that I've come to destroy the law. And here's the issue is not only do we think it, but we believe it and we teach it. But he said, don't even think that. Um, the Bible tells in the book of First John, it says, sin is the transgression of the law. Well, if the law is not in play, then there should be no more sin. But it's implicit there. Sin is the transgression of the law. As a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, it tells us this on several occasions, at least three that I can think of off the top of my head. It says this is the this this is the remnant church. Actually, it uses that word remnant there. This is the remnant church. Those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Another place says those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. There is a, a there is no stopping, no discontinuation law. Covenants don't fade away. If they did, Bonnie, then the earth can flood again. If if the earth can flood again, I mean, I could ask the question: Can the earth flood again? The answer would be no. Why? Well, God gave a covenant to Noah. But wait a minute, Noah's covenant was a long time ago. 
if if things move on progressively moving away from things, and if one covenant shuts out another covenant or one dispensation closes out another dispensation, then Moses' covenant would not be applicable because Abraham's covenant came along. And Abraham's covenant would have closed out uh, Noah's covenant. But it doesn't happen that way. Covenants layer on top of each other and intensify their strength. The only reason why Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David is because God made a covenant with David that one of his descendants would sit on the throne. But if the new covenant canceled out all covenants before it, then the Davidic covenant is canceled, and Abraham's covenant's canceled, and Noah's covenant's canceled. No, covenants don't cancel out each other. The Bible's not in conflict or in contradiction with itself. Man's doctrine is in conflict with the Scripture, but God's contract uh, covenant is not in conflict with itself. Covenants layer and strengthen in intensity. I mean, and that the the point. I mean, that's the perfect point as far as um, looking at the covenants, and as far as uh, he laid out, Scott laid out perfectly the idea of what it means to uh, progress. But instead, if we look at it and go, God made a covenant with a- Abraham. Uh, in which he was going to give this land and then his seed. And then he made a covenant with Isaac, and then God made a covenant with Jacob. And so he had land, and then part of the revelation of God's plan, not the progression, but the revelation was he was going to have a people, and then Jacob had 12 sons, and then had the nation of the people who were going to then um, inhabit that land. And then he took them out of the land of Egypt and then took them to a mountain and gave him his laws not to eliminate them going to the land, but to give them rules on how they would govern in the land. And then he made a covenant with a guy named David to give them a king who would rule over the people who would live in the land. So they don't cancel each other out, but they all strengthen. And then all of that came into its ultimate fulfillment and uh, when when Jesus came and he became the lawgiver and the king that was going to rule in that land with those rules, that's all the full revelation, not the progression. Okay, so so we have a question that comes out of this. Who came up with the whole dispensation view of Scripture? Darby, why, did, why did they break it up like that? Darby started that. So um, Darby start, started the basically the whole kind of um, kind of naming it, and then it kind of began to splinter from there. And now there are so many different forms of dispensationalism. It's become like denomination. I mean, it's just everywhere. There's no continuity. It's it's very, very uh, d- uh, fragmented. Um, and uh, But he was he's the person who first used that phrase and then began to push forward the idea of segmenting the Bible up. I think if we just stick with God and let God tell us how to rightly divide his word, then things will work a lot better. There are covenants in place, and God deals with people in covenant. One covenant moves to the other covenant, but it doesn't cancel out the one that came before it. It's very simple. Yeah, yeah the only thing that Christ gets rid of is death, correct? Right. The, the yeah. curse, the law the of curse, sin and right? death, that's the law he freed us from, was the law of sin and death, They're, not the law of Moses. I mean, only through him, though. Yes, correct. of course. Yeah, correct. Okay, I just want everybody to understand. Yeah law instead of death stands in direct opposition to your existence mm-hmm. as long as you don't accept Christ and his work that that's, he did for you. That's correct. In Romans chapter 6, when it says that we're not under law, we're under grace, if you look, if you start reading in verse 1 of chapter 6, all the way to the end of the chapter, you will find the only law that it's talking about there is the law of sin and death. 
it's not talking about the law of God. And what people have done is when they see the word law, they automatically think it the includes Ten Commandments. all of it. Yeah. But it's the law of sin and death. There are many laws in the Bible. And one of the laws is the law of sin and death. And Jesus came and delivered us from that. He delivers from the curse of the law, mm-hmm. not the law itself, right. not the obligations and the blessings and benefits or the or the obligation to keep it. But he delivered us from the curse that came with the law for their disobedience thereof. Because everybody needs to understand the law is a good thing. That's what the Apostle Paul says. It is good. Uh, and uh, as a matter of fact, it actually tells us, I think it's in Philippians chapter one, it says, uh, no, it's in Timothy uh, chapter one, it says, for we know that the law is good. That's right. Okay, well, who knows that? Because the vast majority of the church does not know that. That's right. He says, we know the law is good. See, people who understand the Bible know the law is good. And then it goes on to say, if we use it lawfully, a car is good. It can get you to work. It can get you to church. It can take you to the hospital. But if you drive the car on the sidewalk, you're going to kill some people. Or if you drive at 100 miles an hour, you might kill yourself and other people. Right. So there's good. I mean, it depends on how you use it. The law is good if you use it lawfully, the scripture says. And then it says, so what is the law good for? And then it gives this long list of things the law is good for. In the very last part there in Timothy chapter 1, when it gives what the law is good for, it says, and anything that is contrary to sound doctrine. So the law helps us to determine what's sound doctrine and what's not sound doctrine. Mm -hmm. All right. Quick break. Let me remind you about Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. You know my story. You've heard my show. You know I talk about I got a 2009 Corolla, that I got a new, um, I got a uh, uh, transmission. (laughs) I wanted to say uh, a drive shaft, and that's not what it was. It was a transmission uh, from one of the worn out, totaled, uh, or maintained uh, total loss vehicles that got over at uh, Sunny's Auto Salvage. had about 60,000 miles on it, so I put that in my car. So it should have about another 140,000 miles on that. Plus, we got a three-year parts and labor, uh, unlimited mileage warranty on it, so that if anything does go wrong during that amount of time, they'll fix it absolutely free. And on top of that, I got a new engine for the car the same way, and uh, put it in the car, and the car's running perfect now. Three years, don't have to worry about nothing, really. It's my son-in-law doesn't have to worry about it because I gave him the car. All you have to do is call Sunny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Why take on a brand-new uh, car payment? Don't need to do that. They'll try to talk you into it, by the way. You go out, look at cars, they'll say, eh, you don't want to take your car to get it fixed. Just get a new one. Get a new one. You don't have to worry about it then. Here's the number so you don't waste your money. 982-7451. 982-7451. That's Sonny's Auto Salvage. All right. We uh, have a question. Let me read it to you, gentlemen. Uh, it says, Matt sends us a question. says, why do I hear that an animal has a spirit and not a soul. I mean, there's look. There's a lot of people out there who love their dogs and love their cats and I don't know their their chimpanzee or whatever, and they want to have their animal in heaven with them. Hmm. So with that, I'll I think just this is the terminology you. that they use to try and identify an animal that 
seems to show love, seems to show affection where a dog may lay its head on your lap or it may love to play ball or may lead to run and hop or one versus that just kind of lays. I think that's just a way to identify something that is spirited, I guess would be the best way to say it, but to separate from the fact that it doesn't have eternal life. What is it, anamorphic? Is that the terminology that we attribute uh, human Anthro- actions to anamorphic? Yeah. And yeah. I I honestly have never heard um that expression before. I've never heard people say God or that animals have spirits and not souls. I've never really heard that. I've heard just the opposite of that, which would make sense, but I've never heard that animals have spirits. Um, now we do know that you know maybe maybe they're thinking that you know in heaven there are animals in heaven, which means they're obviously spirit beings. There's, you know, there's going to be animals or at least the scriptures tell us that that's, that they're going to be animals, unless we're misunderstanding what that actually is. Um, but uh, as far as um, animals actually having a spirit, I've never really heard that myself, so I have to kind of play. So, the- what do you think? Do you guys think that Fido, your <laughs> your friend, your companion for thirteen years, and then he passes away, that he just goes back to the dust, or does he uh, have a soul and does it migrate to heaven? I think he goes back to the dust. Yeah, I agree. And we talked about it, I think, several months ago, and there's a couple of scriptures that refer to that where uh, I think David was in anguish, and he said that, don't let me be like the beast who uh, goes back to the ground. Thank you. Um, and so there— <laughs> I was waiting for that verse to be brought up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and that's difficult. Um, I mean, but yeah, like Pastor Scott's saying, there is um, there are going to be animals, but they there's also different— um, I'm trying to think of the exact Hebrew words. There is the nephesh and then the shama, and there's different levels or different types of the spirit, if you will, of the breath of God. Uh, and there is the one that we have, which is the full breath of God, which drives us, which would be the soul. Which is unique to us. This is unique right. to us. Mm-hmm. But um, that what an animal may have may be a sense of a spirit, if you will, um, but it does not have a soul. If you if you need that kind of terminology, I guess, to try and identify where it's not an eternal being. But uh, since it's made from the things of the earth and the things that God breathed into, then it has a sense of God's or a spirit, if you will. I, I guess that's about the only rough way I can tap dance <laughs> around that's, that. That's, 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 uh, I think that's a pretty good because ex- there are several words for a soul and spirit in, in mm-hmm. Hebrew. Mm-hmm. But we we have the only one that comes from God himself, the fullness okay. of what God has. I think Disney has done more to cause confusion in a lot of people's minds because they they teach kids from an early age. Yeah. If they watch their cartoons and stuff, right. that animals mm-hmm. are just like people. Right. I know a lot of people say, oh, Dave, now you've gone off the deep end. No, I'm just saying, if you think about it a little bit, I mean, I I can. why do I say I'm not going out and hunting Bambi? Because right. I'm not. Right. Yeah. But a lot of people think I am. Yeah. I've been told, why do you want to go out and kill Bambi? Bambi, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah. You know, because Bambi tastes good. That's right. That. That's right. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Bottom line, I, I doubt if the film, if I lick it, it'd taste as good as the DVD. But the bottom line, Bambi tastes good. Yeah. And the Bible tells me I have dominion over Bambi. Right. Yep. Ever since uh, the time of Noah. You're going to make a lot of people of upset. Down here I know I am. The whole Bambi thing. All the people who dress up their dogs. I know. <laughs> I understand. I understand. 
Appreciate you guys coming in. We're Thank out you. of time. Isn't that amazing? Always right. fast. It just seems like we just opened our mouths. Hey, it comes and so it was, quickly. It's really great. All right, don't forget that uh, Scott is the pastor over at uh, Agape Church. Again, 701 Napa Valley Drive in Little Rock. Sunday service time, 10 o'clock. You can hear the man preaching. Let me tell you, he can preach. <laughs> ACLR.org is their website, Twitter account, Dr. Just DR. Dr. Scott Stewart, and uh, you can send him a, a question if you want. Steve goes to church there, too. Search him out and say, get a Twitter account. <laughs> it's uh, Dave Ellswick show. We'll be back with these guys again next Tuesday. I'll see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Uh, Doyle Webb will join me at 5 o'clock. I think we got brain balance in at 2. Uh, it's a Wednesday, so Duck and Joe will be by to answer car questions as well here on the Dave Ellswick show. three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn delivered for the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.